Hey there, We Can't Wrestle Podcast listeners. If you haven't noticed, we have switched our server to Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First of all, it's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple, and many, many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, and it's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. So go ahead, download the free Anchor app, or go to anchor.fm to get started. Highly recommended by me and everybody else here at the We Can't Wrestle podcast. Well, 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 you can't wrestle. So what did you do? You went out there and you started a podcast. You got that right. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to the We Can't Wrestle podcast. And I am Brian Pillman Jr. The We Can't Wrestle podcast is a podcast about wrestling and a bunch of guys that don't know how to do it. But I, Brian Pillman Jr., am very good at pro wrestling, so I don't need to start a podcast called the We Can't Wrestle podcast. But I'll gladly put my name on the brand. I'll gladly go on the line to say that the We Can't Wrestle podcast is one of the most informative, most balanced, non-biased podcasts out there. Thank you very much, and have a good listen. Hello, wrestling fans, and welcome to episode 94 of the We Can't Wrestle podcast. Three of of the five of us are here with you on this beautiful evening. Aaron is here, of course. Myself, Nate, and Archie Mitchell is here. Archie, of the What's up? of not only the We Can't Wrestle podcast, of the Asylum, of the WCC World Championship Customs, Archie sits on more board of directors than Bill Gates. Forgot. I am an admin in every group you could think of. <laughs> <laughs> well, welcome. Uh, welcome pleasure to be here as always. Welcome to the show, Archie, and uh, welcome to the admin team of both the We Can't Wrestle Facebook group and the Asylum. We can, yes. we can officially say that on this week's episode. Couldn't we can officially last. talk about it. I was under a gag order last week. <laughs> so, but, I, uh, uh, we we uh, we we love having you on the show. Love having the fact that you're you're here on a more consistent basis now. Um, on this week's show, we're gonna try something here. I've come up with ten, and we'll see we'll see how many we get done in our two hours. But ten, this or that, like what's better. Opportunities and like I gave an example to the guys, and I'm not going to use it here, obviously. But what's better, the NWO or DX? Give me your answer, and then defend your answer. So that's what we're going to do. But before that, I want to uh, to give Archie the opportunity because I know he has a rant that he wants to go on. In this yes. Show. And, uh, and I want I want the listeners to understand this. I do not condone anyone losing their job. I don't feel that people should be fired unless they do a terrible job in any way, shape, or form. You like, know, if you're like Baron Corbin. Well, that's another story, but 
if you're an incompetent worker and let's just say, for instance, you work at Domino's and don't know how to deliver a pizza or make one, you shouldn't work at Domino's. The person I'm about to rant on, it was not my problem with his body of work. I think that he was a phenomenal wrestler and I think that he was able to make a character for himself very well outside of the WWE. Zack Ryder was one of like, would you say it was like 25 people fired in the last couple of days? Yes. Yes, I think it's. Uh, I think we're up to like twenty-seven. Yeah, and that's including producers, agents, coaches. Uh, you know, Zack Ryder, Kurt Hawkins, who were of course you know a ta- prominent tag team in WWE. Um, Leo Rush from NXT and Two Hundred Five Live. A lot of talented people got fired Mike in the Kyoto. last few days. Mike Kyoto really Mike, surprised me. He's been there since nineteen eighty-nine. Yeah. How do you hire brothers. a thirty-plus worker? The Good Brothers, who are now going to go back to Japan or be in AEW next week—you never can tell. Yeah. <laughs> and again, I don't—I didn't like hearing that these people lost their job. I wish them all the best in their future endeavors, whatever they choose to do, whether it be wrestling, movies, or would in the case of Zack Ryder and Kurt Hawkins, toy collecting, because they are involved in toys the same way I am, you are, Nate, Aaron is. They buy and sell toys. They collect. They trade. They do. But over the last three days since he got fired, Zack Ryder has gone on a selling spree, acting like he's broke. (laughs) I mean, he's doing toy breaks, which means you buy spots in a raffle, and then whatever number you get is the number that the box of toys you get. And they're like $50 a spot, and you have the opportunity to win one loose Jack's BCA. Not even carded, loose. And Hornswoggle, of all people, called him out on it tonight and said, who the hell wants a $50 Jack BCA? He's selling his gear with autographs on it for two, three, and $400 and more so as it goes on. And then recently, he posted up in a group a pair of Jordans that he wants to autograph that he wants $200 for. And I'm like, Zach, who stole all your money? Yeah. <laughs> because... You've got like 300000 invested in toys. Why do you all of a sudden need to, cra- you know, look, and, and someone made a great point to me. John Majewski of the Asylum podcast said he's trying to strike while the iron is hot. He's putting shirts on pro wrestling tees and he's selling his merch so that he could, you know, people will still remember him. And I get that. But who the hell is going to remember Zack Ryder in six months if he doesn't get another job in wrestling mm-hmm. for a pair of Michael Jordans that he signed? doesn't even have his name on it or i mean it has his name on it because it's an autograph but no right has no connection to zach Ryder other than his i mean right it's not like jordan handed him these at a a game one night or like he has it's the matt cordona michael jordan sneaker (laughs) you know what i mean so all i'd like to say is and i mean this from the bottom of my heart fuck you zach Ryder, because you're shilling yourself worse than anybody else has ever done when they've lost their job in professional wrestling yeah Including Virgil. Yeah, you whore. Including Virgil. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right. So, from the past couple of weeks of the show, here's what we've established. Zack Ryder's a douchebag. Fuck that guy. Yes. Ronda Rousey. And only Ronda, Zack Ryder. Ronda, I do not I Ronda, did not mean that towards Kurt Hawkins. I have met Kurt Hawkins on two occasions. One of the sweetest men I've ever met. Cordial. Talks. Inviting. Is a member of the people when he comes to talk, you know, his fans. Zack Ryder, fuck you. <laughs> fuck you, Zack Ryder. Fuck you, Ronda Rousey. Yes, and, and your forehead. And your big fucking forehead. And fuck you, Baron Corbin, while I'm at it. And, and fuck you, Kenny Omega. Uh, All right. Aaron, 
No, leave Kenny Omega alone. <laughs> we were just talking about ramen noodles earlier. Kenny Omega's head does look like ramen noodles. That I'll agree with. Fuck Chris Cruz. Oh, yeah, fuck Chris Cruz, too. Did you see, <laughs> did you see the Chris Cruz stuff, Archie? I did, but I didn't understand all of it. I kind of got, like, the back end of well, it. What happened? Every time somebody passes away, Chris Cruz goes on a tirade. And it's like, oh, great, now we're going to hear all the people coming out talking about how good of a guy this is and how he's going to be missed and this, that, and the other thing. Chris Cruz is a piece of shit. Well, that should be said about a guy like Howard Finkel. I mean... I missed Howard Finkel just not being in wrestling when he was alive, let alone now well, that he passed away. But it's not just Howard Finkel. It's like everybody. No, I know. but I mean, except, except Bruno San Martino. He was friends with Bruno San Martino. So when Bruno San Martino died, he put out this big, oh, I'm so sad that Bruno San Martino passed away. It's like, well, yeah. So I guess he only likes... I guess he only likes legends, or in his mind, people who are legends. Third, third, well, no. third string announcer who I'd put up there with such greats as Charlie Min and Stephanie Wyand. Yeah, and I put a I put a thing in his comments of just a pile of shit, and it said, "I'm going to tell <laughs> I'm going to tell my kids this was Chris Cruz." <laughs> and he commented back. He was like, "Oh, you're so talented." So I was like, "Thanks." <laughs> <laughs> at least somebody at least somebody is and it was up for a minute and then Billy Sil- Billy Silverman and somebody else I can't remember who it was liked the shit post oh my god and, and the um, thanks I guess at least somebody around here is and then all of a sudden I went back to see if anybody else had said anything and that all the other comments were still up Except the shit post. <laughs> I took that down. He didn't like you getting notoriety for that. He didn't like me trumping his ass, I guess. Fucking bitch. No. Looks like Mr. Ernst from Hey Dude. <laughs> Remember Hey Dude? Yes. Yeah, it's yes. like, that, that's fucking Chris Cruz, man. You know, I gotta say something real quick that bothered me uh, a couple of weeks ago. They announced the new figures that are coming out from Mattel. And one of them is Superstar Billy Graham. And it's a great-looking figure. It looks just like him. But Superstar Billy Graham, over the last 10 years, has buried the WWE and Vince McMahon every chance he got. And now he's cashing in on allowing them to use his likeness as a figure. Oh, yeah, he's one of those guys that that rallies against Vince and then comes crawling back when he needs some money or or what have you. Vince Vince is a... This is a piece of trash. He takes everything from us, brother. He doesn't help nobody out. Right. He just treats us like cattle. Oh, no. My kidney's gone. <laughs> Vince. And Please, Vince. Vince. Yeah. I need a kidney. I mean, and, and lots of things can be said about Vince McMahon, and there are times where he is a shrewd businessman. And, and I mean, quite frankly, there are times he is a piece of shit. But he's a shrewd businessman. But what I will say is, if you talk to anybody in the loop... If if somebody that has worked there needs something, ninety nine point nine goes out of his way. His company is going to take care of that person. Billy Graham being an, being an example, you know, Billy Graham. He didn't he help out with Billy Graham's kidney transplant. He put Scott ha- Scott Hall through rehab multiple uh, times. I think he put Jake he, through rehab, gave him a few fucking right. gallons of piss, and I tell 
I'd tell Billy Graham, go find your own fucking liver. Look at look at what he's done for Jeff Hardy. How many times, how many chances he gave a guy like Jeff Hardy? And I don't mean this as a mean thing towards Jeff Hardy, but he's got demons, and Vince helps him battle him every time he works for that company or he isn't in the company. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And you look, I understand they've got bad taste in their mouth from what Vince did to them in the 70s and 80s, but you literally took a shot at Vince McMahon when Rocky Johnson passed away at the funeral, and now you're willing to let them make you into a toy because you need a few extra bucks. Like, dude, where's where's your you know where's the the your uh, integrity? And that that comes to that that also comes down to the fact that we're talking about a business where up until uh, let's say probably up until the WWE went public in right. 01, um or whenever. I mean, it, it's a it's a matter of if you go back before that time, it's a business of carnies, and oh yeah, you know, and that that's what they're all about. They're just about taking their name, and and I'm not I'm not hating. That's not what I'm saying, but no, it's, no. it's a business of carnies. They're out there about taking their name and making a buck, and that's what they do. So though they're willing to sell their principles, and <laughs> and with Billy Graham, I was at first I was like, ah, eh, it's the syphilis. <laughs> It's eating his brain. <laughs> he doesn't know any better. I mean, I bet his brain's like a wet cake, you know, like a wet angel food cake just left out in the rain, all spongy, and it's like trying to pick up a wet cake. But the more I thought about it, I'm like, no, this guy's a prick. And and it's like, he talks out of both sides of his mouth. He's a yeah. hypocritical human being. He sits there and tells people, you know, be positive, believe in this, believe in that. And if if somebody believes in God and Jesus and all that, I have no problem with it. I also have no problem if somebody doesn't believe in it. You know what I mean? I don't care. Right. You're free to believe in whatever you want. But this is the same guy that preaches all this stuff, but then goes and, like, Chris Jericho says something about him in his book and then goes and says, Chris Jericho, I I hope the flames of hell... Right, but flesh from your body. It's like, what right. the fuck, dude? He just stated you know. his opinion about you and said you were overrated, which you are. I equate Billy Graham to the same personality type as the Ultimate Warrior. Because Warrior was the same way. I mean, Warrior, I mean, yep. people can say what they want about how much they're fans of his work. I mean, not his work, but you know what I mean. Being, being a fan, I mean, when I was a little kid, I liked the Ultimate Warrior when I was a little dude. But anyway... His entertainment, yes, but I mean, let's be let's be frank and let's be honest. And I mean, yeah, whatever. He's a horrible human being. He was a terrible human being. He was a piece of shit. That that warrior award is one of the biggest crocs I've ever seen in my life. And that's just so they can keep Dana with the company, so she doesn't do or say anything against them somewhere down the road. Yeah, that's really what it comes down to. I mean, go ahead next year and name that thing the Finkel Award because anything you ever hear about that guy. Oh yeah. I um, never heard a bad thing about Howard. He never bothered anybody. He never tried to molest one of the women. He never tried to, you know, do anything bad to any of the guys. He didn't take drugs. Howard Finkel, you you put up that post about Vicky Guerrero saying, and thank you for going with Eddie when he passed. And I was like, wow, I didn't even know Howard Finkel did that. Yeah. Well, and Howard, you never, know? Howard never would have told anybody, you know. He doesn't right. have any kids. Mm-hmm. You know, I, the WWE superstars were his kids. They basically know, grew but... up with him, you know. Who is he willing his gigantic porn collection to, though? <laughs> Me and Kyle. <laughs> we like claim. 
Because <laughs> I always heard that Howard Finkel had the biggest porn collection of any professional wrestling personality. And I know, our, <laughs> I, know our, I know our listeners uh, got to see our posts in the Facebook group, so they already kind of know our our um, opinions and stuff. But like I think all of us have said, um, all of us being in the 30, 40 year old range. Howard Finkel was part of the soundtrack of my childhood, the soundtrack of my, of my wrestling fandom. Um, and yeah, I mean, we did want to we did want to touch on that a little bit. Um, I I can remember a few years back when CM Punk won the world title at Survivor Series. I was there live, and Howard Finkel announced him. And Howard Finkel also said, "And new," and I got chills I because I thought back to Hogan, Warrior, Savage, Flair. It didn't matter who was the match. It could have been Jeff Jarrett versus X-Pac. And knowing he was announcing it meant the match was going to be out, out of this world. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It didn't matter who it was. And even some of the so. even some of the goofy shit they had him do in, like, the Attitude Era and stuff. He was always right. a team player. He was always entertaining. Like, when they did the stuff with him and Trish and Lillian. Um, oh, what was that? SummerSlam. I think it was SummerSlam 02, was it, Aaron? I think so. When he's like, there, when he's like, <laughs> my like, wiener. Yeah, if I could see your, I, I'd like to see your puppies if you could see my wiener. Wiener. <laughs> um, and there's a moment that a lot of people don't talk about, and it's because I don't think a lot of people realize what they were seeing when they saw it, and it's um, WrestleMania 15. Um, when Howard Finkel introduces Gorilla Monsoon, he gets choked up. Yeah, and it's the last appearance of Gorilla Monsoon that I know of. It is, and it's Howard Finkel announcing the guy that had been in that company longer than him. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I know the com- I know Finkel was Vince's first employee, but you know what I mean. Like yeah. it's like okay, that is that's something that you don't fake. You know what I mean? And Finkel knew looking at Gorilla Monsoon, this is probably the last time that anybody's going to see this guy, and he got to be the person to introduce him. And Powerful he took pride in his work. He put his heart in his work. It didn't yeah. matter who he was announcing. But when it was someone he was close to, he made it as special as possible. You know, they, they played a video of him at the Hall of Fame when he announced himself. And when he, he again, when he said the words, and new, and I am the new, it, everyone tries to copy it, and no one can get it down pat. There will never be anybody else besides Howard Finkel. Nope. Absolutely not. Rest in peace, Finkus Maximus, as I said yesterday, because I always remember that too. Finkel in a in a toga from WrestleMania Nine. Yep. <laughs> so let's, uh, unless you guys have anything else you want to cover, maybe we'll start these uh, what's betters. Well, don't okay. drop everything. Archie and Aaron do not know what I'm going to throw at them here, so. We'll oh no! I know. I snuck in the house in your house yesterday and read your notes, so I know exactly what you're going to ask us. Damn it! Not again. <laughs> <laughs> so, guys, and I, of course, I I have to have an opinion. So I'll throw my opinion in too on each of these. But my first question is: What's better? I guess this one's a who's better: Shawn Michaels or Bret Hart? Are you going to answer this first? 
you, it's up to you, Aaron. You want to go first or, or second? Okay. Well, Nate, I'm going to say this. We'll try this first one, but so we don't talk over each other because that frustrates me. Nate will get to pick each question who goes first. Very well. Okay. Okay. But I'll go first this time, and I will say that I think Bret Hart is better than Shawn Michaels. And why is that? Um, because I just I've. How do I want to say it? I think Brett is better all around than Shawn Michaels. And um, I've seen Shawn Michaels have some bad matches. And I know that sounds crazy, but I've seen Shawn have bad matches because Shawn's gotten in his own way. And Shawn has been unprofessional in some of his matches. And I've never seen Brett be unprofessional and selfish. Shawn not, Michaels not at times is unprofessional and selfish. Okay. And and that's just my opinion on it. And plus, I think when I look at Shawn Michaels and I look at Bret Hart, if I'm not a professional wrestling fan, and I look at a uh, in his prime Bret Hart and an in his prime Shawn Michaels, I think Bret Hart looks like he could kick somebody's ass more than Shawn Michaels could. Kick Vince's ass. And Bret works his style... <laughs> um, Brett works the style that I like more than Sean does. That's why. Archie. Well, I'm I'm gonna disagree with Aaron here, and I have to say I've always felt that Sean Michaels was the better of the two. Um, I I understand Aaron's last point that Sean that Brett did wrestle a different style. He would he knew how to how to build up and then kick it into that high gear for that last five or six minutes. My problem with Brad is that it always felt like the same match, no matter who he was fighting, big, small, uh, fat, skinny, and that it was always the same match, minus a backbreaker if he couldn't get the guy up, you know, to, to land that last backbreaker before he dropped the elbow and put the sharpshooter on. Sean changed up his style with the Rockers being a tag team specialist, then being the, the sexy boy with sensational Sherry to then being a face and then flip-flopping here and there. Um, I prefer Sean more. And I know what, I understand what you're saying. Yes. Unprofessional at times, he would always break character if he had to like with Vader in their match and, you know, doing stupid shit like that. But that was young, stupid Sean Michaels. When he came back from the back surgery, and and not sure if he was going to wrestle again. Um, he changed things up. He became much more mature, um, and he he wrestled a different style again, and was helping to put guys over too. I mean, the matches with Jericho, the matches with John Cena, Shelton Benjamin, Rey Mysterio. I just think that Sean did more to put people over than Brett did. Don't get me wrong, Brett knew how to put somebody over even when he was still beating them, like with. X, which uh, one, two, three kid on Raw, that match was all Sean Waltman, but then Brett still won, so it still put Sean over. Um, but I think that Sean now in his later days, coaching at NXT and passing things along to these younger guys, that's why I love Sean and I prefer Sean more because Brett seems very bitter about the way that his career ended, and he has all rights to be fuck Bill Goldberg for smacking him in the head with that boot. But Brett just seems very bitter towards a lot of the things that have happened to him and hasn't yet to got over them, even though his life has flourished now. 
and I just see that Sean loves wrestling still, or maybe Brett is just there to be a critiquer and say, you know, it's Seth Rollins' fault or this guy sucks or whatever. And you kind of, you kind of, um, and again, I was asking you guys the questions, and then, like I said, I wrote my thoughts down too, but I kind of echo, I think you and I are on the same page as far as this goes, Archie, in that I, Aaron, and Aaron knows, Aaron knows going way back, because, you know, he's known me my his whole life, his whole life, not mm-hmm. my whole life, but his whole life. I, I've always been a big Brett fan, and I've always been a big Sean fan, but as Aaron also knows, I'm a bigger Sean fan, and, and. One of the reasons is kind of to what you said, and what I wrote down here was evolved. Shawn Michaels, right. Shawn Michaels, I think the reason I would say he was had the edge over Brett is that as his career went on, he evolved more than Brett did. Brett, and that's not an again not a, not a knock on Brett. No, what not Brett did was superb, but Shawn had Shawn had the ability to adapt. I think to situations better, and I think he evolved as a wrestler, as a character, and as a person better than Brett did. And that's just my opinion. So I pick Sean. Aaron, do you want to counter any of that, or are you good on it? Well, I just want to say that guys don't be embarrassed. Not everybody's right all the time. <laughs> okay. But I'll stick to my opinion. And sometimes, sometimes, and I'm not knocking Sean, okay? Because that oh, guy is a dick, I know, I know. okay? And I, and I love it. <laughs> like, like, if you want to see that the old Shawn Michaels is still in there, like the old Shawn Michaels still exists, go watch his match with Hulk Hogan. Yeah. Oh, the old Shawn Michaels. Oh, well, the old Shawn Michaels is entertaining yeah. as fuck. Can I just say? Yeah. Can I just say nobody knows Canada like I knows Canada. Oh, <laughs> and the funny part is, like, Brett even talks about that. How Shawn humped the humped the maple leaf, yep. humped, the, humped the Canadian flag, and they're talking on that thing with Jim Ross. And Brett says he's like, he's like, they, he's like, yeah. Then he came out there and he humped the flag. He's like. They, that pissed him off, man. <laughs> he's like, he's like, he's like, they don't like the fact that they, that you screwed me, but they really, they really fucking hate you for that. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's why you can't go back there. Like, they hate you. Eventually, in a hundred years, Brett will die, but that flag will still be there, yeah. and people will still. John hum- Michaels did that. Still humps the flag. But yeah, yeah like I said, um, I like Dickhead Sean Michaels and everything like that. But I just think I, I think Brett. Is the more entertaining? I know it's crazy to say, but I just I like this. And Nate, you know, like you said, you've known me all my life. That style that Brett works—that's the style that I like. Yes. That's why I'll say well, Brett. and that's that's the beauty of that's one of the beauties, and I think one of the things that attracts uh, people like us to the wrestling business. That's the beauty right. of the wrestling business is it's art. Art is subjective. Um, you know, some guys are going to like Macho Man, and some guys are going to like Hulk Hogan, and that's the beauty of it, you know? And Shout out to Josh Blevins, the, Blevins, the biggest Hulk Hogan fan there is. Biggest Hulk Hogan, Mark, brother. I want to... I'd rather watch... I want to ask Josh to make, mm-hmm. me, a, to make me a Hogan ma- magnet, just so he has to do it. <laughs> See, where I'd rather watch, like, you know... 
say like a Dean Malenko fight William Regal. Well, yeah. They would rather watch like um, Rey Mysterio and Eddie it, Guerrero. Rey Mysterio and Eddie Guerrero have like a lucha style match. Yes. That's the but difference. See, that's... that's like the difference between me and Nate. We both like both styles, but I prefer right based technical, and Nate prefers. Flashy. Well, I mean, look at today's product for a quick second. I'm sure we all watch Raw on Fast Forward when we're watching it <laughs> yes, in DVR. I do, because I, I have a live show where I have to talk about it. <laughs> right. But even if you didn't, you would still be fast-forwarding through it because it's crap right now. But there's always that one match, no matter whether it's Mad Base or Luchador style, where it's going to stop you and make you go, oh, that, that's good. You know, like, my inlet to ECW, the first time I turned it on, and it was like 1995, was two Cold Scorpio versus Dean Malenko, and that match made me a fan instantly of ECW. Even though I knew who both guys were, I, I went, wow, what is, they just went 40 minutes. Yeah, ECW was letting them put it, uh, all, put it all out know, there. Yeah. This was an hour show, and they let them go 40 minutes. They didn't care about anybody else getting on a, a match on or anything like that. They wanted these two guys to groundbreak the business, and they did. Two weeks later, in comes Eddie Guerrero, and they gave them the whole hour. Yeah, <laughs> you know, so it's like wow that. So it, it depends, and but see that was the great thing about Eddie. It didn't matter who he was in the ring with; he could adjust. So, like you say, we like both styles, but we prefer one over the other. If you want to watch Eddie Guerrero, Dean Malenko, Chris Benoit, you're getting both of those matches at once. You're not just getting one style. Absolutely. And, so. and yeah, I mean, and, and that's just it. It's like I said, it's it's art. Art is subjective. Um, so, so a couple of these are probably going to be quick answers because we, you know, you nef- don't necessarily have to. We don't. Some of these don't require a lot of elaboration. It's just more of opinion. So the next one I have for you guys is a belt question. Okay. And I'll let Archie go first this time. Archie, winged eagle or big gold? Winged eagle all the way. I love both belts, but um, the big gold belt has such a tarnished history because it was originally the Dome Globed NWA World Heavyweight title, and then it had to be changed to the big gold belt. So right there, there was that that you know spurt in history of oh, we don't want to be associated with the NWA anymore. We got the big gold belt now, and then. You know, you got Flair leaves, so now they got to bring out the new WCW World Heavyweight title because Flair owns the big gold belt. That didn't happen with the Winged Eagle. Guys who won that title kept it with prestige. You, no one walked onto another show with the Winged Eagle, even though Vince was afraid Brett was going to do that when, you know, he was leaving WCW. Um, you know, the Winged Eagle dating back to, you know, when it was first introduced. It makes me think of memories like Hogan and Savage, Hogan and Warrior, Warrior holding up both the Intercontinental and the world title at WrestleMania six when I became a fan. Um, Bret Hart winning his first from Ric Flair in Canada, um, you know, on a live show of all places, not even on television. Right. Um, you know, it, it, I have so many memories that when they brought out that attitude, big eagle belt, I was like, no. I don't want this. I yeah. want I want the winged eagle. So my my follow up question to that, and I'll ask Aaron the same when he answers. But so okay, so you go with winged eagle. Who do mm-hmm. you who do you identify the most with the winged eagle belt? When you think of that belt, who's the first wrestler that comes to your brain? 
I'm I'm I used to be a mark for him when I was a kid. As I got older, I became a mark for him again in WCW because of the NWO. I'm not a fan of his anymore, and it's not about the racism. I just think he's overstayed his welcome and should have kind of backed off and been an ambassador. Mm-hmm. But of course, the Winged Eagle is associated to me with Hulk Hogan. Okay. Now, Aaron, I pose the same question to you: Winged Eagle, the belt wise, which one do you like better, the Winged Eagle or the Big Gold Belt? Winged Eagle. All right. Who do you? I identify? mean, who do? You, oh, go ahead. I was just saying a lot of the same reasons that Archie said, and um, it's just that's. I think that belt has more. It's not my favorite belt, okay. But of the two, I would pick that one, <clears throat> just because there was a time when the 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 big gold belt. That's what they literally called it, yeah. the big gold belt. Or that way, for, like, for a period of time, it was the WCW International Championship. See, that's better than the big gold belt. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> like everything about that title started great. Like when Flair had it, you know, it was like the first belt that I know of where some guy was like, this belt's custom made for me. You know what I mean? Right. And that was cool. But over time, everything just became convoluted, and all the history and quotation marks of it just got watered down when it's switching every week and fucking whatever. Um, but you never had that with the Winged Eagle, because by the time WWF got to the point where you know it's going to be changing every week, and this is going to be six guys in one match for everything. It was already gone. You know what I mean? Right. So if that wouldn't have happened, you might still be saying the same thing about the winged eagle that Archie was saying about the big gold that, oh, well, everything about it doesn't matter anymore, but it kind of got put to pasture before crash TV started, you know? Yeah. So that's why I think that's a better belt in my mind. I mean, personally, my favorite championship is the old NWA belt, but that's okay. The Dome Globe? Yeah. Yeah, mine too. Who do you identify the the Winged Eagle with? When you think of the belt, Aaron, who do you think of immediately? Bret Hart. Another good choice. We are all in agreement. He, he's my... Oh, go ahead. He, he, he's... I almost said he's my favorite guy that I ever held it, but he's probably my second favorite guy on my list of like top five favorite wrestlers that's ever held it and the only reason i'd put him over flair is that brett had like you know obviously more time with it so we are all in and agreement flair, and okay. flair's flair's winged eagle run was fucked uh no he didn't have a bad run with the winged eagle it's just the way he, he had a bad do. he had a bad run in the wwf and my like well, yeah back on it he had a bad run in the WWF. That first time he was there, people talk about like WCW mismanaging people. Ric Flair was pretty mismanaged when he went to the WWF, in my opinion. After WrestleMania eight, I, 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 will, think- I will I will disagree with you in for the first from August of ninety or from August of ninety one until WrestleMania eight. He had a great run in the WWF. After that, yes, it went to shit. Um, it got silly, but uh, that, that's that, what is it with August to April? So that six months is, 
one of the best runs in wrestling ever. I mean, he comes in immediately. He's feuding with Piper. They have a great feud. He's, I mean, it's the real world champion gimmick. That's a great, a great gimmick. He wins the fucking Royal Rumble and wins the title, which everybody will agree is the greatest Royal Rumble ever. Yeah, that's, that, um, and him and but, Savage have a great feud and then have one of the best matches ever at WrestleMania 8. And then, like I said, push down the card yes. for no reason. And like I said, after that, I would agree with you that it went to shit. But that, that first six months of his WWF run was fucking amazing. So, Can so, I uh, so, add something to my uh, my statement about the um, the big old belt? I mean, no. I, I know I... I okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> I, I said when I think of the, the the Winged Eagle, I have memories of matches as a kid, as an adult. You know, up until they got rid of it. Um, honestly and truthfully, the big old belt. If it wasn't around Flair, my only memories are Rick Rude getting injured in Japan by Sting and never being able to wrestle again because they were fighting for at that time it was known as the WCW International Heavyweight Title. And uh, Sid Vicious breaking his leg because he jumped off the second rope in a fatal four-way with Scott Steiner. That's what I imagine when I think of the big old belt because that's what they did to it. You know, and like Nate, like Aaron said, it it got convoluted and and thrown like it was thrown around like a prop because that's what Bischoff and and uh, Vince Russo thought belts were. They're props that the person holds. No, there's something somebody wants. They, they symbolize that this is the top guy in our company. Well, the New York Yankees don't consider any of their trophies props. The the New York Giants don't consider the two Super Bowls they won in the late 90s and early 2000s as a prop. They didn't beat 17 teams to get that trophy to say, oh, look at this beautiful prop we have. Mm-hmm. That's their that's their championship. They honor it, you know. So to Can think that anything is a prop is is sucky, you know. And my problem with the Big Eagle is the fact that they call it the Big Eagle. Because yeah. you know what that sounds like to me? <laughs> sounds like a fucking grocery store. <laughs> Doesn't it? It does. Like, like it's like, oh man, I'm going to go I'm gonna go pick up some Coke at the Big Eagle. I'll be back. <laughs> <laughs> That's just what it sounds like to me. I will agree. Big we are all in agreement. The Winged Eagle is also my favorite of the two. And uh, just quickly, the wrestler that I associate, for some reason, don't know why, but when I think of that belt, the first wrestler that comes to my mind is Randy Savage. Um, I think that, I think that... Because he's a pimp. He's a pimp, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's just, I, I, I picture him wearing that belt around his waist with the, you know, during the Mega Powers era, and... Um, that, that's the first image that comes to my mind when I think of that belt. All right. So now, this one's going to be fun, I think. Like I said, some of them may have longer answers, some shorter. All right, guys. And Aaron, you go first on this one because Archie went first last time. Aaron, Papa Shango or The Godfather? Uh, The Godfather? <laughs> Because he'd be pimping hoes nationwide. <laughs> All right, very simple. And answer. and no, and and <laughs> the Godfather equals fun. Like when that guy came out, like even his music would hit, and you'd be like, okay, this is gonna be fun. <laughs> yeah, it might not even be a great match. Even if 
even if the hose that he brings out might be a fucking wreck up from the neck up. Yeah, they were bad. Some of them were bad. This is this is gonna be fun. You know what I mean? Because Charles Wright, as a dude, is fucking entertaining as fuck. Like that dude is fun, and it was a fun gimmick, and it was just amazing. Like. The guy himself is just a fun-loving dude, and I like that gimmick too because it took a long time for him to get there, but they finally yep. gave that guy that loyal motherfucker. They finally gave him something that was just. They were like, you know what, Charles, just go out there and be you, man. Yeah, go out there and be you. Yeah. <laughs> and and that might be that might be the one thing that. And I know he's not a popular person. He's not even popular with me. Okay. But that might be one thing that Vince Rousseau doesn't get enough credit for. Is saying, why don't we just let this guy go out and be him? You know what I mean? And maybe Jim Ross had something to do with it too. But Vince Rousseau was there when a lot of these guys started being able to just go out there and just be themselves. You know what I mean? Charles Wright is a is a fun-loving pimp. And it was entertaining. And one of my it has one of my favorite things ever. And it's Michael Cole explaining the feud between the Godfather and Viscera. <laughs> you know what it is? Viscera wins the Godfather's hose. Okay. Mm-hmm. Was that the beginning of the sex machine? The the world's largest sex machine? No. No. This he was, was still just. Yeah, this he was, was still this like was, dressing like a hefty bag when this yeah, was this going. Was, <laughs> This was during the garbage bag contacts phase. But Michael Cole is explaining this feud. And see, Godfather, he's coming out and he's happy and he's dancing with his hose. But when Viscera comes out, he's like yelling at him and telling him to get in the ring and shut the fuck up and all this. And Michael Cole goes, you understand what's going on here, King? You understand what's going on here? Godfather is a nice pimp. Viscera, Viscera is a mean pimp. That's how he describes the feud. And it just made it always makes me laugh whenever I hear it. And and I, like I said, I just really enjoy it. And um Charles Wright is one of my favorite people. I like Papa Shango. I like I even like Kama. But Godfather's the best. Archie? Um, I'm gonna keep it short and sweet and say I agree with everything that Aaron just said. Um, Charles Wright was a genius. Uh, he played every character he ever got to perfection. Uh, Supreme Fighting Machine, Papa Shango, Militant Black, comma, Mustafa. And um, the funny thing about the the Godfather character is he went from being comma Mustafa this, you guys are being racist and only see black people as one thing. But then he was being the stereotypical yeah, he pimp. Was, he was being huggy bear. He was being huggy bear. Yes. <laughs> right, yeah, right. There's also something funny. Like he was. He was not to interrupt. He was no. on. Uh, he was on the dark side of the rainbow. Yep. All for all. Yep. And said on there, he was like, "There's nothing I hate more than a pimp." He was like, "I used to go to the." He's like, "Cause he'd ran." Yeah, I bitch slapped. And bitch and, and slapped he ran. was like, he was like, you don't know how many pimps I've bitch slapped in my life. He's like, <laughs> I'd go to the bar and be like, any motherfucking pimps in here? So he'd be like, I'm a pimp, and he's like, I would jack that motherfucker right in the face. <laughs> like, I hate nothing more than a fucking pimp. Yeah, 
No, that that yeah, I seeing him still dressed in the Godfather gear. Yeah, because it's years, not a, the the it's Godfather isn't a gimmick. Right, he really is like that. You and know? then he's, he's talking about his home life, and his wife's like, "We we needed that seventy five thousand. How couldn't you win the brothel?" And he's like, I, I, "It was a real fight. I didn't plan on losing." <laughs> and I'm just sitting there going, "Wow, he really had those problems." Yeah, you know? a, he was the world's nicest pimp. <laughs> Um, so, yeah, I go with the Godfather. Papa Shango was amazing, and I heard, and I'm sure you guys have too, read the, the stories that they were trying to bring Papa Shango back during the Attitude Era and be a more venom, venomous, scary character. Um, I just think that Papa Shango was any monster heel that you then take away from what they are changes the whole character. Like, the Boogeyman could have been something scary. But the fact that they made him eat worms and bite Jillian's face off made him a comedy routine. Papa Shango, having the Ultimate Warrior spew the black stuff out of his mouth and it falling on his face when obviously there was somebody off camera probably spilling it on his head. You know what I mean? It's it's one of the only times, or it's like the only time Warrior ever wore a jacket. Right to an interview. You know, so how fake is that? You know, he's he's you know, wearing he's wearing a jacket. So obviously, it's rigged up with something to make you it, know. Uh, so they just they turned it into something that it shouldn't have been. Um, they're doing it in AEW right now with Lance Archer and 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 Jake Hager too. Those guys should not be speaking. They have mouthpieces for those reasons. They've got Jake Roberts and Chris Jericho to talk for them. You want a monster to be a devil? You want him to be the biggest monster he can be? Don't let him speak. Right, absolutely. You know? Yeah. Papa Shango should have eventually evolved to having a manager or someone do his, his speaking for him or just gave a look into the camera and did his voodoo. But the Godfather, on the other hand, dude, when that man grabbed a mic, it didn't matter what he said. It was gold. Right. And, and Well, it's like, it's like, to your point, there's a reason that... The Undertaker character had Paul Bearer. Paul Bearer, right. Paul, Paul Bearer talked, and all the Undertaker did was at the end of the promo said "Rest in peace." Right, and exactly. It, it, you know, he's the the, the 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 heel, the evil heel, or baby face, or whatever he was, is just the exclamation right. point at the end of the promo. Right. Yeah. You know. So, but yeah, I have to go Godfather based strictly on how he was booked. But where I will disagree with Aaron. I don't think anybody helped that character get over. I think the Godfather that Charles Wright went out there a couple of times with a live mic, did his act, and then they went, okay, it's getting over. I think we just have to roll with it and see what he's going to do next. I'm not saying Vince Rousseau got him over. I'm just saying that some, and I'm not even saying it was Vince Rousseau. What I'm just saying is somebody at that point was like, why are we taking this guy? Yeah, why are we giving this guy a gimmick? He is a gimmick. You know what I mean? Like him as a human being, you're a fucking gimmick. Just go out there and be you. you the know? only time they ruined him for me is when they tried to keep him with D'Lo Brown. And D'Lo Brown came out with the pimp outfit on too, but it didn't quite fit the same way. It was longer and baggier. And they started to make them into like a comedy routine again. And I was like, no, he doesn't need a tag team partner. He's got the hose. That's all he needs. Well, he was you a know? junior pimp. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, come on. <laughs> Well, I'm going to agree with you guys both. It is the Godfather. So here's one that might be a little might be a little tougher. We may have a little more debate about this one. So 
Archie? Yes. Matt Hardy or Jeff Hardy? Neither. Oh. <laughs> Lita. Lita. <laughs> if I got to pick somebody from Team Extreme, Team Extreme it's going to be Amy Dumas. Now, God damn it. <laughs> Dude, I have never been a Lita Hardy Boys fan. <laughs> I've never been a Hardy Boys fan. Um, they were jobbers in the early nineties and it was Jess Harvey or Jeff Harvey or just, whatever they called him at first. Harvey. Yeah. And you know, and then they, they started to get steam because Michael PS Hayes became their manager and then they joined the brood and then they didn't join the brood. And in my opinion, they're great athletes, but they're kind of more performers because it's a lot more jumping and doing edge. Christian and the Dudley boys made the TLC matches for me. All Jeff Hardy and Matt Hardy did was fly through tables. Um, so yeah, neither. I can't pick, pick between them because I don't like either one. A succinct and honest answer from Mr. Mitchell. Aaron, what's yours? Um, I'll start off by saying I do agree with the fact that Lita was amazing and still is. Still is. Definitely. But... At that time in the WWE, WWF, whatever you want to call it, everybody was talking about Trish Stratus. I was a Lita guy because Trish looked like she'd be all high maintenance and fucking want to go to like nice restaurants and shit. Lita looks like she'd just let you go to Fazoli's and do some shit. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> Lita looked like she'd be like, all right, rally's an anal. That's fine. Yeah, let's do yeah. it. You know, <laughs> we'll get a cheeseburger after. Let's go. To, let's go to the room. Yeah. <laughs> Trish will be like, That's I want lobster. I'm glad my wife doesn't <laughs> listen to this show. All right. <laughs> but but if I had to pick one of them, um, from a purely entertainment standpoint, and one that's shown me that they have more range and they're more of a talented person, I'd say Matt. I agree. I agree. Jeff, Jeff, Jeff's a phenomenal talent. Okay, Jeff Hardy is a once in a lifetime entertainer, and it's when the bell rings. Okay, that guy does fantastic, amazing things, but it's when the bell rings. When the bell is not ringing and it's not in between the ropes, or I mean, Jeff also does shit outside of the ring. You know what I mean? When it's yeah. not in the when it's not the the athletic performance of it, Jeff's boring. I agree. He's a boring talent. Okay, but all around, it, it's Matt for days. Matt can do whatever the fuck you want Matt to do. Matt can even teleport. And, huh? Matt can even teleport. Yeah. Fuck Thanks that. Thanks to really. Vanguard One. But I'm just saying, like. When Matt Hardy, when Jeff Hardy decides to retire, Jeff Hardy will retire, and you won't hear from Jeff Hardy anymore until he goes in the WWE Hall of Fame. When right. Matt decides to retire, Matt will still be working somewhere. Yeah, he'll be, he'll be and up, if he's he'll if be he's up. not if he's not whoever doesn't hire the guy is an idiot. I agree. In my opinion, I think WWE letting Matt Hardy leave was fucking stupid. All right, we just said they took the cuffs off the Godfather. Because they saw how good he was doing. You saw what Matt Hardy was doing in TNA. And you said, we need to bring them back because they're hot commodities. But then you didn't let him do what he was doing in TNA. 
And yeah, and that's what I'm saying. Like that's not Matt know. Hardy's fault, though. No, I'm saying it's WWE's fault. You gave us a watered-down, broken Matt Hardy. It was woken. You put him with Bray Wyatt instead of letting him feud with Bray Wyatt, which is what everybody wanted. And then you basically pimped him out to Randy Orton in his last match. You know? And then what, what AEW did wrong with it, and I didn't watch this. I didn't see it. I watched mm-hmm. AEW this week. I did. I watched every single wrestling show other than SmackDown, obviously, because... It's I didn't on, watch SmackDown yet because it was right. on today, and I was watching Shit's Creek. But um, what they what what AEW seems to me, from what I'm hearing, is doing wrong with the broken Matt character is they're doing it in the building, right? Like if you're gonna do that broken Matt Hardy character, that's fine. I don't give a shit if something's crazy and off the wall. I know people complain about it, but at the end of the day, just fucking watch it. And if you don't like it, don't watch it. Right. You know what I mean? So, I don't have a problem if Matt Hardy teleports. I don't give a shit. I'm just watching it to be entertained. But in the also, arena was corny. also don't do it in the arena. You know, it was corny and, as and, hell. And have and have Tony Schiavone being like, "Is he teleporting? What's going on? Mm-hmm. Am I seeing what I think I'm seeing? Don't do that." Right. Right. In my opinion. And and you're right. I mean, I, I went off on it on the show, so I'm not going to elaborate here, but that was fucking stupid. No, but anyway, I don't listen I, to your show. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> I do. Thanks for the subject. I, I only listen to things I'm on. Thanks for the subject. Because I listen to it while we're doing it. Thanks for the Nate, you know that. Asshole. Nate, you know, you know I don't listen. <laughs> I know. Aaron doesn't even listen to this after we've recorded it. He doesn't listen. Yeah, to I don't want to hear my own voice. I, I agree, Matt Hardy. Because um, I just think that Matt Hardy is all around. Like, and I, I'm not. Oh, shit. Jeff is. Matt Hardy version. Matt Hardy version one? Yes, yes. Jeff. Is one of the greatest fucking gimmicks. In the history of professional him, wrestling. Him calling Matt his Hardy, followers MFers word was like yeah, the best thing ever. Matt, Matt Hardy version one's better than Broken Matt. Yes. All the little Matt V1! Facts, uh, little Matt facts and all that shit. <laughs> Matt doesn't facts. eat broccoli. When I would see things like that that had nothing to do with him, Matt doesn't eat broccoli. <laughs> Matt has never read a comic book in his life. Like, what? Yeah, it's fucking fantastic. <laughs> Well, gentlemen, we are going to take our, our break here in the middle of the show. When we come back, we will have more of these What Is Betters here in the We Can't Wrestle podcast. And we'll be right back after this. Hey, this is a national treasure and the real world's champion, Nick Aldis. And just when you thought that every possible wrestling podcast name in the world was taken, Nate comes in with a clinch with the We Can't Wrestle podcast. Based on Nate's unbelievable level of praise for me, I would go ahead and say that Nate sounds like a knowledgeable, smart, trustworthy human being and his expertise should be lauded and appreciated by all of the listeners of the We Can't Wrestle podcast. 
All right, wrestling fans, welcome back to the We Can't Wrestle podcast, episode 94 going on here. And I hear, uh, as Scott Hall would say, the music from your favorite adult film movie. Because we have an invasion of sorts here in the We Can't Wrestle podcast. Aaron and I are here. Archie is here. We've been talking uh, our, yep. uh, you know, what's better. But we have been invaded by someone from the Asylum Wrestling Podcast. Mr. David the, Gold has joined us. David, the inmates up, are running the asylum. <laughs> well, I heard I heard porn, so I figured you know I better get on. So. <laughs> well, we were talking about Howard Finkel's porn. You got to get on to get off. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. I can't get Pornhub Premium anymore, though I've used all my free trials. <laughs> Aren't they giving it away for free right now during this whole virus thing? Only a seven-day free trial, and I've used all my oh. extra emails. <laughs> oh. <laughs> David was pulling his best Mick Foley impression trying to get oh, more free trials. He was pulling trials. something, but it wasn't yeah. Mick Foley. <laughs> I hear if you pull it more than twice, you're playing with it, but hey. You know. Yeah. He was pulling his Chris Cruz. Shameless, <laughs> shameless plug time. As everybody knows, when we come back from the break, it's always shameless plug time. I want to encourage everyone to listen to the Asylum Wrestling Podcast. This week's show had some uh, interesting conversation with David, Magic, and Nick Francis and myself. Um, as I always plug on the show, check that one out. Join the Asylum on Facebook. Um, and I will say this. I am not somebody that will... Um, plug or promote or tell somebody to listen to something that I haven't myself and I say give it a listen it's fantastic give it a listen <laughs> and um, make sure you guys join the asylum I appreciate that, make sure you guys join the asylum because when we reach 3,000 members if we could do it before May is over we are going to tell them David what are we giving away if we uh, if we reach 3,000 members no it's a it's a made to order belt any belt of your choice so, I mean, that's a pretty damn good free prize if I do Definitely. myself. Definitely. Um, not very many people give away free belts. No. So. I don't know no. that anybody no. does, really. I don't how know many, many people who are giving away that much free, let alone a belt. You know what I mean? How many, listen, how many listens do we have, Nate? I don't know. I'd have to look it up. Leave me alone. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, is it is it over 800? Is it? Yes. Okay. Nice. Well, when we, when we get to 1,000, we're going to give out free email accounts. So people can get seven days <laughs> yeah. of Pornhub. I need to David's going, like, I got to listen to it over and over again. I need to yet. listen to this under different names 200 times. <laughs> so I can get seven days of Pornhub. <laughs> good, good gimmick. Good gimmick. By the way, it's not that impressive. But anyway. <laughs> and of course, shameless plug for World Championship Customs as well. And I want to let everybody yeah, know. It's I wanna, all right. I want to no. let everybody <laughs> I want to let everybody know that within the next couple of weeks, we're going to have another contest coming up in the We Can't Wrestle Facebook group. And one of the, uh, actually a number of the prizes in that are going to be some Archie Mitchell customs that he has provided yes. me. And um, some of my favorite I've ever made, I think, because they were just, I was laughing as I was doing them. <laughs> Mainly one of them, because Nate knows I kept sending him pictures and it just got, kept getting better and better. Yes, sir. So we will reveal that coming up very soon in the We Can't Wrestle Facebook group. Is there anything else I need to plug, for Christ's sake? Am I doing enough? Um, How about my million-dollar fink that I'm staring at right now? Yeah. <laughs> what about that? What did you just um, say? My million-dollar fink. Right, there's a story behind That's it. That's what there. you call I'll it? I'll send you a picture. I call mine Andy. I call mine Andy. 
<laughs> so basically, Archie made me a Howard Finkel Hasbro, right? Oh, and it was, cool. of course, with the Million Dollar Man body, right? Because it fits, has the suit, whatever the case may be. He covers the lapels up with, um, uh, you can correct me if I'm wrong, Archie, a black putty, right? Or a yeah. Black, yeah. You know, like, a, like a black putty. And the black putty fell off. And Archie goes, oh, no, I'll fix it. I'll fix it. And I go, you know what? Hell no. It looks fucking cool. Now he's the million dollar thing. Right, because the gold is coming through and the, the dollar signs and Yeah. So he's yeah. a million dollar fink now. But I mind <laughs> you, I will argue this point every day of my life until I die. He's had it two years and this didn't happen immediately. It's been it happened like a year later. Oh, it happened over time, but I don't want to fix right. it now because it looks no, I know. cool. <laughs> so I I'm, no longer use the black putty on the lapels anymore. I sand down the million dollar logos and then repaint and refinish and all that. Well, I've learned from my mistakes. I've I've officially changed Andy's name. I'm now going to call him the million dollar fink. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'd like to plug that in World Championship Customs, we're doing a custom contest in the next couple of weeks, uh, starting this Monday. Uh, and everybody is going to be doing a WrestleMania-themed match. For instance, like we have some of the best customizers like Scott Burnett and Daniel Ariola, who's from the Asylum, and a bunch of other great guys. And just like a for instance, like if it were David going against Nate and they would have drawn a match, one of the matches that was being drawn was Ricky Steamboat versus uh, Macho Man Randy Savage from WrestleMania three. So David would be making Ricky Steamboat and Nate would be making Macho Man. And Nate's have you guys Man. seen Toy Story 4? Have, have any of you guys seen Toy Story 4? Yeah, not yet. Okay, there's a character called Forky. That's how mm -hmm. my customers would look. <laughs> Damn it, you stole my fucking joke. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what you fucking get for bringing me on then. <laughs> <laughs> so, but we got a lot of great customizers in there. Uh, I'm happy to be on board with the Asylum. Uh, it is a breath of fresh air to be with friends that are actually friends and I can talk to and, and shoot the shit with on a daily basis and make me laugh. So, um, you know, and of course being here with the recap, we can't wrestle podcast when Nate does offer the, um, the next contest, Nate, if it's okay with you, I'd like to add a prize oh, absolutely. Um, to that. Um, anyone who wins on like a certain click or whatever it is, how you're going to give it away. Uh, if it's a second or a third prize or whatever, can, Pick a custom that they'd like made to order from myself. Thank you, good sir. We appreciate that. So, that yeah, sounds like a nice prize. Hmm. Definitely interesting. The Asylum, the We Can't Wrestle Podcast, World Championship Customs. We're uh, we're building a bit of an empire here, guys. Pornhub, no. <laughs> Pornhub with the emails. Thanks, Aaron, for contributing. You're welcome. Uh, all right, <laughs> so. We are, that ideas. We are I'm an ideas guy. <laughs> I don't do any of the work. I don't do any of the work. Definitely an ideas I just guy. Spout the idea and you do it. That's, that's how it works around here. It's the best work. Work smarter, not harder. Yeah, I'm a delegator. Let's see what you did there, Archie. Work smarter, but not harder. Oh, British. Oh. oh, that's what she said. Oh. <laughs> How much commission is Pornhub going to have to pay me? I'm liking this. All right. Yeah. So we're playing What's Better, and I informed David during the break what um, what the deal was with the game. We have a few more that we're going to play in our last segment here tonight, and the first one I will give you guys, and we'll give David the first crack at it, because we, uh, we also discussed we're going to present our case without interrupting each other, Mr. Gold. 
So you'll get to uh, have the floor until you say the floor is seceded. What's better, Hell in a Cell or the Elimination Chamber? Oh, shit. Um, That's a really good question. That's a tough one. Um, I'm going to go with Hell in a Cell, though, all day because I've seen two of the best Hell in a Cells in history pretty much back-to-back. HBK, Undertaker, Mankind, Undertaker. Um, Both freaking amazing matches. The bumps were amazing. Um, and I would caution anyone that would would say Elimination Chamber because, honestly, I mean, there's been a couple decent ones, but the only really good one was the first one, in my opinion. So I would go with Hell in the Cell, all because of just participants involved and the bumps that HBK and Mankind took were just freaking amazing. Now, modern-day Hell in the Cells, they kind of stink. The last great Hell in a Cell match was Edge and Undertaker at SummerSlam 08, I think. I agree. <laughs> All right. Now, Shane oh, and Taker sorry, was decent, too. That was decent, but it wasn't. I'll, I'll, I'll give a nod to the Usos and New Day, too, for their tag team Hell in a Cell. That happened like in the last couple of years. That was pretty good, but I agree with David. It has become very um, PG-friendly mm-hmm. in the new, new era. Isn't it red now? That was just for the Fiend one, oh. I believe. I think. No, I think it's red permanently. Oh, is it? Oh, I that's think the last hor- couple that's have been red. Ter- yeah, a terrible it has. Idea. You know what else I like? The Punjabi prison. That was fucking awesome, too. Remember the Punjabi prison? Yeah, I just like saying the name. <laughs> what? Yeah. Punjabi prison. Mask. I, call, I like to I say call, it the way that the guy. I, I saw, I saw I the Wu Tang prison, just, but that was on just, Pornhub. Well, no, I was. Aaron, goddammit. Goddammit. I was just about to say, I called my ex wife my Punani prison. All right, so anyway. Oh, shit. All right. Um, <laughs> Archie, what is your. Are you uh, agreeing with Mr. Gold on this one? Um, I, I am. Um, I'll make this the first Helen, the first elimination chamber was amazing. Uh, mm-hmm. I had a chance to go see that live, and my grandma passed away the day before, so I couldn't go anymore. Um, but uh, I'm not trying to be a you know sob story or anything, but Shawn Michaels winning the first Elimination Chamber was amazing, and one of the best stories to ever you know happen in wrestling. But yeah, the Elimination Chamber is pretty much just... First two guys get in, next guy comes in, oh, we put somebody through a pod, and then, okay, the match is over. And I think what really kind of scuzzed that match up for me was the whole December dis- to dismember for ECW when Bobby Lashley won the ECW title in it. Uh, Helena Seldo is historic. Um, yeah, Mankind versus Undertaker, Mankind versus Shawn Michaels, Shane versus Undertaker. Um, even Degeneration X versus Vince, Shane, and Big Show was still pretty damn good in that Helena Cell. Um but yeah, I think the elimination chamber has become very cartoony, whereas Hell in a Cell still can be blood and guts if it has to, because how can you stop it? Right. Aaron? Um I'd say that I like Hell in a Cell better than the Elimination Chamber. Um there's been some good elimination chamber matches and whatnot, but I think the reason I'd put Hell in a Cell over it is that until recently, which I don't watch a lot of the recent stuff, which is a known thing, which I I try. I'm not going to lie. I try. But sometimes shit just happens that I can't anymore. But the reason I put Hell in a Cell over the Elimination Chamber is because I prefer 
when it's going to be people locked in something, that it's just two guys, you know? When you start adding people to it and shit, it, 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 it waters it down. Yes. It makes it less than what it is. Like, a prime example, and Archie, I think we talked about it last week, <laughs> the six-man one they did. That was you know? horrible. Yeah, it was horrible because they, they put six fucking guys in it. It didn't Anything work Anything with me. six guys is horrible. Sorry. But it... <laughs> um, yeah, I could I could name a few things, but Do you know we'll that keep from it to Pornhub? <laughs> I'm sorry, I had to. I the girls never I showed up. The girls never showed up. Now I'm actually glad you ran out of emails, David. <laughs> <laughs> David was going down the wrong rabbit hole, unfortunately. <laughs> I saw so now so I could be superhuman. Sorry, Aaron, I didn't mean to interrupt you. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. If it's funny, I don't give a shit. But yeah, just like I said, I just think I look back at memories of me, like in my mind, not memories of me, like I've never been in hell in a cell, obviously. But I'm just saying like my thoughts, like I think of like Sean Undertaker and all that shit, you know, and like, um, what was it, uh, um, Triple H and The Undertaker when Sean refereed it. That yeah, was Hell yeah. in a Cell, right? Yeah. Those guys, like, leaving together. That's a fond memory, too, because Nate and I watched that, and we got completely trashed when we watched that. That was a fun night. But, I, yeah, I'd say Hell in a Cell over Elimination Chamber. And I agree with all, all three of you guys. Um, I think the Elimination Chamber, actually, I kind of agree with David in that the... The only one that really stands out in my mind is the first one because that was one of those matches that lent itself to a certain moment as as opposed to something you can bring back over and over and over again. Over the years, it has become convoluted. Um, I I hate, I absolutely hate tag team elimination chamber matches. It makes no sense. Now you've got 12 people fighting each other. But you know what also made the first one? RVD really made that first one special too. He did. Yes, him. he did. Yes, he did. Absolutely, him. Like a- aesthetically, aesthetically, the Elimination Chamber is an amazing looking structure. Like it's a badass looking thing. Well, so yeah. was, yeah. so so was that thing TNA had, but it was stupid. That escape thing, yeah. or whatever the hell it was. How well, the hell were you supposed the, to get I, out of that thing? I wouldn't say the Elimination Chamber is stupid. No, I just, no, I don't. I just don't think it's. Over hell in a cell. Am I the only one that liked the WCW ones? You know the uh, the, tower the triple of cage. The tower not, of not just the triple cage. Yeah, the triple cage is stacked, and then they had the two rings in the cage. I love those. Well, war games oh, is war phenomenal. Games? Yeah, yeah, war, war games, games. You can't. There's no beating the, war games. What was the triple stacked one they did at Halloween Havoc? Tower of Doom. Uh, that yeah, was trash. That was it was a trash match, but the structure was amazing. <laughs> well, no, but it was a trash match because of what the the storyline and the rules were. I mean, it made you, you okay. You start at the top to work your way down, but if you get down into the next area of the cage, the guys that you were fighting in the in that part of the cage can't follow you back down until you're at the bottom. What? <laughs> so we're just going to tell so three wait, grown no, men. Are we you talking about? Here. Are we talking about Dungeon the one? Okay, I thought we were talking about the. Uh, one with uh, DDP, Jeff Jarrett, and David. No, that was the Ready to Rumble cage match. Okay. Yeah, yeah. no, we're talking about the one. Didn't the one that we're talking about have, like, the electric chair in it? No, no that's, that was that's, Abdullah that the was Butcher. The chamber, that was Chamber oh, yeah. of Horrors. Yeah. yeah, I think they only did that twice. 
the Ta- Chamber of Horrors right. match. There were two Tower of Dooms. The first one was, I believe, in 88, and that involved Kevin Sullivan, Dr. Yes. Steve Williams, uh, Ronnie Garvin. Um, anyway, and then the other one was that crazy one they did with Hogan and Savage against the Dungeon right. of Doom. Oh yeah, again, they had their face paint, and Luger was in that too. Yeah. Right, and I mean the the, the it, you're telling Zeus and the Ultimate Solution. No, you stay in this part of the cage till they get to the bottom, so I can't just run down there and beat them up right now. Right, and Which, um, look, the, I, go ahead, go uh, ahead. Um, um, trivia question: What was the Ultimate Solution's original name? The Final Solution, but they and found then out somebody that was, was like, Hitler. "Hey, yeah. somebody." <laughs> you guys know. Ironically, ironically, someone in the uh, Turner office was Jewish, <laughs> and was yeah. like, "Hey, like no, they, maybe they, they turned on the History they, Channel at the wrong time." <laughs> uh, uh, Dave Penzer was like, "Hey, can I interrupt for a minute? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You're doing the wrong thing here. You're doing the wrong <laughs> thing." <laughs> You know, but I mean, like they, the way they they introduced Zeus again, which again that goes back to what we talked about Hogan reliving his glory days in the WWF. But eight guys couldn't beat Hulk Hogan and Randy Savage because Lex Luger decided to turn. You know, I mean that was stupidity, ludicrous. You know, but it's besides the point. Hell, yeah, hell in a cell all the way. Yeah. All right. So the next one that I will present to you, gentlemen. It's actually a, a triple threat here, and we're going modern products, so Aaron, this is good luck for you. All right, so I am going to break down the shield, and gentlemen, I'm going to say, is it Rollins, Ambrose, or Roman Reigns? What's better? So wait, before Aaron starts, you want to know which one was better out of the three? Yeah, which one you prefer out of the three of okay. these guys? Rollins, okay. Ambrose, and Roman and Aaron, you go first. Um, Seth Rollins. All right. I just think he's the better worker and um, the better talker and just all-around better athlete out of all of them. That would be my answer. Mr. Mitchell? Um, I look at the three of them as the WWE seeing them as the second coming of Austin, Rock, and Triple H. Dean Ambrose being Austin, Roman Reigns being The Rock, and Seth Rollins being Triple H. And in my opinion, only Seth Rollins stepped up and actually proved that he could be a Triple H type of badass and, you know, evolve with his character as time went on. So I would go with Seth Rollins because for the last three years of his career, Dean Ambrose seemed very stale and, like, he didn't like anything they were giving him. And Roman Reigns, God bless him. I'm so happy that he was able to beat leukemia again and go through remission and get healthy. But I don't like Roman Reigns, the wrestler, one bit. I think that he's watered down and forced down our throats way too much. So I go with Seth Rollins as well. David? I'm going to be the devil's advocate here and say that I believe that we're not talking about their singles runs. So I'm going to go with the group as, as, as itself when it first started and during the couple years when they were the biggest thing in the WWE at the time, other than CM Punk and Daniel Bryan. I'm going to go with Ambrose because not only did he have that badass, quiet character, um, not taking into account how successful Rollins has been outside of them, I'm going to go as a group whole. Ambrose was the best for me. And I actually agree with you, David. Um, 
out of the three of them, and I love Seth Rollins. I have been a Seth Rollins mark since he was Tyler Black in Ring of Honor. Um, Wrestling Society X. Yes, an amazing, <laughs> an amazing talent. Um, and Roman gets Roman gets shit on because of the push he get he got. Roman Reigns is much better than smart fans give him credit for. Roman Reigns deserved the push he got. Roman Reigns, if you're gonna draw the professional wrestler from scratch, it would be it would look like Roman Reigns. Yeah, it was the push he, but it was the way that the push was given, and the the lack of organicness of it that 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 hurt him. Um, but yeah. the, re, the he's reason the, he's the Kevin Nash of his era. The reason I say Ambrose is. I think that Dean Ambrose has, okay, Dean Ambrose has the charisma. Dean Ambrose is a, a a good worker. He's not a great worker, but he's a good worker. So if I'm thinking about who has entertained me the most, it's Dean Ambrose. And that is, I am, I guess I'm kind of in, including his AEW stuff because he's one of the best best things of that shit show. Um, that got better. It has gotten better, and I have admitted that on We Can't Wrestle Live. It is getting better every week. It, it started as a shit show, but he was one of the glaring um, positives of that show when it started. So, and and although WWE gave him some garbage as far as storylines or gimmick or what have you, to me he always did the best he could with it, and he let his natural personality come out in a lot of it, and. I just think overall, out of the three of them, he's the better... Rollins is the better wrestler, bell to bell. But Ambrose is the better package deal, I guess, is my opinion. Yeah, he's like a Brian Pillman mixed with Stone Cold. That's why I love him so much. Can I interject now? Sure. For a moment? (laughs) Aaron. (laughs) (laughs) Um, This is where I will say my piece on both Ambrose and Roman... Um, Ambrose got the United States title a few months after he got there and he defended it all of two times for a six month title reign. Um, he was, maybe it was the way that he was booked, but in my opinion, his character was a little bit on the lazy side at times. And he just kind of depended on the group because Roman was the, uh, monster and Seth being the workhorse. And it was just like, okay, there's Dean to get the pin and drop them with a DDT. On the second side with Roman, though, we just watched The Fiend versus John Cena at WrestleMania in that funhouse match. And they made it, they threw a crack at John Cena because he never turned heel like Hogan and, you know, became like an NWO type guy. They were afraid to turn Cena. In the same regard, they were afraid to turn Roman heel. And I'm not saying that he needs to be a devilish heel who grabs a knife and puts it to somebody's throat and tries to kill them. But he does not have to be the guy that said suffer and succotash. Yeah, well, yes, you know what I mean? absolutely. Technically, Roman was a heel, though. I and, want to point that out. At, in <laughs> the Shield, yes, but he never. Why couldn't him and the Usos it, have turned the bloodline into a heel faction of Samoans who were pissed off by the way their family were were treated in the company? Because let's forget the Rock, Peter Maivia, and the Wild Samoans never really got anything that great in their careers. Neither did the Head Shrinkers. They could have played off that. You know what I mean? You know what they? You know what they could do? I'm, I don't mean to interrupt. So. No, go ahead. I'm, I'm. I'm. I'm just saying. You know, they could do with Roman Reigns what they wanted to do or tried to do 
with Kevin Nash before he left. Yeah. They don't they don't need to turn Roman Reigns full heel. Roman Reigns should just come out there and be like, Look, those of you that cheered me and supported me, I appreciate it. Right. I'm thankful Everybody for else it. Bite Everybody me. else, fuck off. Right. I don't need you. You know, he people beat the Undertaker. Buy, people are still being my people are still buying my shit. I don't he, need you people. He beat yeah. the Undertaker properly. Just get him with Samoa Joe, and then that would that would be a good Roman Reigns Uso Samoa Joe. Yeah, yeah. but I you, agree. You, you but... Let him beat the Undertaker. He walks out and goes, "It's my yard now." That would have been the perfect time to turn him heel. They were booing him like crazy. Okay, but at the same token. Uh, we can all agree to disagree, but at the same token, I will tell you that you're, you're saying that Ambrose was a lazy character. It, I don't think that's the case. I, I think didn't Ambrose say that. was more of the, no. I said that. No, yeah, true. no. Archie said Ambrose was lazy, uh, lazy character, not lazy as an individual, but he was. Oh no, not as at a all. Lazy character, and I don't. I disagree. I don't think that's how they booked him at all. They booked him as the badass, secretive guy of the group, and yes, he only defended the U.S. belt twice, but that's because. 90% of their matches was all three of them or whatever the case may be. And they were booked as, you know, um, they were booked that way. And that's why I feel like he didn't defend it that I, often. And he I didn't just need to. feel that the shield as a whole, if they were going to continue to bring them back, like they did with DX, but in such a fast time, I mean, how many shield reunions were there three in the last five years because they were kept bringing them back together. Why did you split them up to begin with then? Well, that's the big fault with modern booking. Right. Yeah, and that, I mean, I'll you know, that's, some, that started I'll, during the Attitude Era. It's like, well, uh, an angle or something that would have normally taken a year, two years, or whatever, it's just six It's six months now. It's four months. It's if pay, that, pay-per-view right. to pay-per-view. So, yeah, that, that, say, that gimmick was this definitely about a, 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 it was definitely a casualty of modern booking. Before we go on to the next thing, can I say one thing about Dean Ambrose? Yes. And this is high praise from me. And I don't even think AEW has really scratched the surface with it. If somebody would just allow Dean Ambrose to be, or John Moxley, whatever you want to call him now, to be what he wanted to be, I think... I think Dean Ambrose, John Moxley has the potential to be, um, and you guys can tell me if I'm off whatever on this, of this era of wrestling or whatever you want to call it. He could be the Roddy Piper of his era if he was allowed to be. I agree. I agree. Roddy Piper, Brian Pillman mixed all all in the bunch. Super crazy, but also funny, also good in the ring, so on and so forth. Because Roddy Piper was always kind of crazy, but also at the same token, not too crazy. You know what I mean? Right. Like it was just yeah. a certain level. It was like, okay, this guy, he can go bananas, but it's not like Brian Pillman, I'm holding a gun, Austin's breaking in my house crazy. Right. You know? Yeah. And, and see, where I think Ambrose would be, like, Ambrose, I don't want to see Ambrose wrestle every week. Or John Moxley wrestle every week. I don't want to see him wrestle every week. If Roddy Piper wrestled, if Roddy Piper, in his time, wrestled every <coughs> single week on every single show, you would have got tired of it, because Roddy was Roddy was fine in the ring, but Roddy wasn't fucking Ric Flair, and he wasn't Randy Savage, and he wasn't fucking Tito Santana. He was a 
He was a brawler and had a very basic. And it was a shit talking that sold the match. So oh, yeah, three yeah, weeks his, of his shit talking. His ability was Mike. His ability yeah. was Mike. Piper yeah. hit. I agree. Even the even the, the the feud with Brett when he said and it was a baloney sandwich, but I liked it. Thank you, Mrs. Hart. Yeah. You know, it was like that. Like, that like, led to that match being being amazing. Yeah, and and. I think Dean Ambrose in the ring in small doses is fantastic. But at the end of the day, Dean Ambrose has the same match a lot. So if you do it all the time, you get it gets stale. You know? John Moxley was a deathmatch wrestler for the early part of his career. And yeah. I'm not saying that he needs to do that again. But they had something cooking between him and McFoley when he was still in FCW where he was telling McFoley, it's your fault that I have these kind of matches. They never capitalized on that feud and to show us what he could have done against Foley on the mic and in the ring. Can you imagine Moxley in ECW? Oh, my God. imagine that? Wow. I saw John Moxley, and Nate probably doesn't even remember, but he was there. We saw John Moxley wrestle at a fucking armory in Lima, and it was fantastic. Yes. And it was you know. years before he wound so up. So to guess. Aaron's credit of saying John Moxley has the same match a lot, yes, he does, but that's because they won't let him have a different match. That's where I feel it's lazy booking. If you give that guy the keys and say drive, he'll drive. But if you tell him sit in the back seat and take a nap, he's going to sit in the back seat and take a nap because he knows they won't let him do anything. Or have a yeah. dumpster mattress match with Kenny fucking Omega. But anyway... <laughs> I don't Sorry. care what you say. That match was amazing. It's, I loved every part of that match that they had him and Omega. I hated it. <laughs> you just don't like Omega. You hate Omega. But this show isn't about the modern product. <laughs> All right, Nate. Let me ask you, you a question. You brought it up, bitch. Nate. <laughs> Nate. I'm editing if out. Kenny bitch. Omega Mark had edit. a five star classic against Shawn Michaels. Would you give him credit, or would you say it was all HBK? Shawn Michaels wrestled with a ramen noodle broom. Yes. Jazz hands. Um, Which HBK right. is it, though? Is it Lost a Smile HBK, or is it... It wouldn't matter, <laughs> because he'd be 74,000 times the the, uh, the performer that Kenny Omega is anyway. Have you seen his matches with Okada? Yes. Thank you, Okada. Because oh, so I've, also, Okada. I've, also, I've also seen his matches with um, an invisible man, mm-hmm. a nine-year-old girl, um... Pissing on the business that he's making money doing, making wrestling. Look I don't see it that stupid. way. Making I don't see it that way. Kenny Omega's not the first guy. If you, I didn't say that, he was hey, the first hey, guy. Kenny Omega's not the first guy to have a match Hold with on. a nine-year-old girl. Hold on, <laughs> Jerry Lawler. <laughs> he's just did the first too. guy to tape it. Jerry Lawler did too. I know. <laughs> Jerry Lawler did, um, but he didn't film it. <laughs> but if you. It, <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't want to go. I don't want to go into this now. <laughs> We're going off the rails, so we'll stop. I'm sorry. I'll behave. I, I hate that fucking guy. I hate. I him. think Art Bar had a couple hate, few, didn't he? <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe a couple few. The um, juicer. <laughs> I, I, I I hate that guy. I just fucking hate him. Everything about you sound him. like Robin oh, Hood I, in tights, where he's like, oh, I, <laughs> I hate that guy. I hate that guy. <laughs> I have a. I have that. Something tells me. I have a mole. I have a mole. Something tells me, David, that if we ever told Nate, dude, we just scored you an interview with Kenny Omega, he would tell us to go fuck ourselves. Yes, he would. He would go with whom? 
Yeah. <laughs> is there, is there going to be a nine-year-old girl? Right. Is the Invisible Man going to be on the interview too? Uh, I would probably do it just to do like three, to tell him off. Yeah, just three minutes of me like, "Hi, Kenny. Hi, Nate." And then I put him on mute, bitch, for five minutes, and then <laughs> hang up on him. By the way, at the ending. By the way, Kenny, is there anything you'd like to promote after all that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Here's Archie Mitchell with World Championship Customs. <laughs> David Gold, would you like to talk about the asylum? All right. So the next one that I have for you guys is this is going to be fun, I think, because um, there may be about a bunch of negative in this. I don't know. Goldberg or the Ultimate Warrior? <laughs> oh Jesus Christ! <laughs> I go first. Yeah, I knew what you I was need doing. To last too. I'm gonna set this one out. I, I knew what I was doing when I wrote that down. <laughs> Mister Mister Gold, you know um, first. Yeah, no. <laughs> neither. Um, <laughs> I said that for the the Hardys. He yeah. asked us, Jeff or Matt. I said neither. Um, I won't do that. This time. Are we going? With, are we going Matt that way? Anyway. Like, is this is this gonna be like who we prefer or who's worse? Yeah, it's up to you guys. I'm just. Is no, it well, about it's, it's is who's it about better? A human being, or what's, I, guess, I mean, the question, Aaron, is what's better? So, for me, it's I, I know yeah. this is gonna I, Nate. After what we said when we weren't recording about the Ultimate Warrior, um, uh, guys, tune into After Dark for the podcast <laughs> to hear what we said about the Ultimate <laughs> Warrior. For me, it is the Warrior is better of the two. Um. Goldberg has so many blemishes in the world of professional wrestling, in my opinion, from hurting Bret Hart, the horrible match with The Undertaker in Saudi Arabia last year, beating The Fiend for the title just so they wouldn't boo Roman for taking the title from The Fiend at Mania, and then Roman didn't show up. That shit bag of a match he had with Braun Strowman at WrestleMania, where all they did was trade finishers. Um, him talking out against wrestling. Uh, dozens of times before he signed with the WWE, then leaving WWE and shitting on Triple H and then coming back to sign with them because he was getting that Saudi Arabia money. <clears throat> to even now, he lost the title and his exact words in an interview was, I have no more dates left. I don't want to resign. So that means you use them for all you could and you're done. On the other hand, with the Ultimate Warrior, his time before WrestleMania six. And, you know, a little while after WrestleMania 6, matches with Hogan, Slaughter, Macho Man, even when he returned and was, you know, involved in the feud with Ahmed Johnson, Shawn Michaels against Camp Cornette. I just have more fond memories than the Ultimate Warrior. And I can honestly say that outside of him being a bad human being as a wrestler, I, I, I did love him at one point, you know, and I, I enjoyed watching him. David? Uh, um, if you're welcome to the party, the pal. Ultimate Warrior <laughs> up until WrestleMania Seven, I would say the Ultimate Warrior. If you're asking me who was better between when the Ultimate Warrior came back and, and squashed Triple H after taking a pedigree, and, or the Ultimate Warrior against Hogan and Halloween Havoc, I would say Goldberg. Um, both uh, Goldberg, but if you're going to ask me who has five thousand figures. And 20 million shirts and, you know, beat Hogan for the belt. Certainly the Ultimate Warrior has a better legacy. But I will argue all day long, up and down, and I'll get to my answer. I apologize. This is long-winded because I really don't want to pick either of them. But 
Um, Goldberg, during his early part of his career, I would argue that he was so hot and his streak was so amazing and WCW fucked that up so bad that that's not Goldberg's fault. Um, How do you fuck up giving someone a two and a half year run of undefeatedness? I mean, yeah, he lost yeah, the match, but I mean, lose it by getting tased. Yeah, he got beat because he someone cheated. That was the right no, way to end was, it. How else were you I, beat I'm, Goldberg? I'm sorry, Archie. I disagree. That was real, that was a shitty way to do it. They could have done it a lot better, and it could have been against somebody that needed the rub. And it, anyway, nonetheless, it shouldn't have been Nash. I'm sorry, I agree with that. Shouldn't have been Nash, and it shouldn't have been a taser with Hall. It should have been someone who needed the rub. And someone working their way up. I could name an array of guys that deserve that push that could have beat Goldberg. You know who I would have had beat Goldberg? You know who I would have beat Goldberg? What's that? You know who I would have had beat Goldberg? Who's that? And I would have made it a gimmick that this guy is the most undeserving stumble into ending an undefeated streak motherfucker ever. I would have had Beefcake beat Goldberg. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Would he be the big bad booty daddy when he beat him? Or the, the booty man. The booty man. Well, he would have joined. With, who do you have him as a tag team with his booty beef? <laughs> oh, um, Brutus Beefcake got like hit with to- toxic sludge <laughs> and formed into two different people. <laughs> but it was it was his gimmicks, and he was Brutus Beefcake and the Booty Man, and then oh, they teamed, beef. and their booty beef. <laughs> nice. Well, sorry, guys, I went around like a roller coaster bend. No, go ahead. I'm but Beefcake to... could have been like, I ended Mister Perfect Streak, and I ended Goldberg Streak, and I didn't deserve neither of them. But anyway, yeah, go I ahead. Sorry. See that they would probably do something like that, like putting the belt on our cat. So I mean, I could see <laughs> something like that, but I will say that this is a tough answer if you do the variations of their careers, but you have to go warrior just because of the legacy. And he is a shitty human being. I don't know if you guys watch his videos or whatever. Um, and I know he tried to make amends before he passed away. And that's where that warrior award came from and stuff like that. But if you've seen some of the shit he said and some of the shit he's done, David, uh, earlier in the show before you joined we us, already talked about that. I actually, about it. I actually completely did a nice wet diarrhea shit on the Warrior Award um, that I hated, oh, and, well, they, that's and they should they should now call it the Finkel Award and and honor a real man for that. <laughs> oh yeah, somebody who flew with somebody's body just mm-hmm. because he cared, and then called somebody else, you know. And was the only person that called. You know, that's a human being. I agree. Warrior was a shitty person, and he didn't show up for events over money. He didn't care about his fans. So, look, if we're going to go human being, I'm picking Goldberg all day. If you're going to go legacy, unfortunately, Warrior has it. And I'm off my soapbox. (laughs) And, Aaron, did you abstain from this one? Did I well, hear that at the beginning? You abstained from this one. I think we hyped Aaron up with what we were saying, so he's got some words now. Yes, bro. Well, I mean, I kind I was going to kind of say the same thing that David said that um, if you're going to go off the human being, the person Goldberg's not a bad dude, you know. No, he's a businessman. He, he, he's an asshole. He's a businessman. No, I've seen him do things for children, which I've always heard Warrior was a prick about. Um. I also know that Goldberg does a lot for um, the Humane Society, like animals. 
like I like dogs and cats and shit, and I hate people that abuse animals. And Warrior or er, Goldberg does a lot for those. And to me, Warrior's just a shitty human being. He said shitty things. He said terrible things about um, people that choose different lifestyles than he has. I've heard him say terrible, hateful things about like. Um, just, I, I I don't like the Ultimate Warrior. I don't like him. I hate him. I'm gl- I, I, I don't want to say I'm glad he's not around because I wouldn't wish that on anybody's family. But if I have to choose off of just wrestling, I guess the Ultimate Warrior. But I, I it's like asking me, do you want to? Do you want to shoot me in the? Do you want me to shoot you in the left foot or the right foot? It's like I'd prefer you to shoot me in neither of them, <laughs> but I'd rather turn right the rest of my life. So just shoot me in the other foot. You know, I, it's <laughs> good way to put it. I don't like either. It's like, do you like diarrhea or do you like diarrhea? It's like, <laughs> <laughs> would, you, um, would you like Taco Bell diarrhea or Buffalo Wild Wings diarrhea? What would you prefer? Yeah, it's like, or dad? It's like, it's like, do you want, do you want your diarrhea in your pants or on the carpet? <laughs> would you like, would you, would you like? like a, I'd rather it on the carpet. <laughs> would you like the syphilis or the gonorrhea? Which one would you prefer? <laughs> would you like the cake with acid or death? <laughs> Death, please. Death, please. The cake is all out of cake. <laughs> so, so just death. <laughs> we'll try to mom cake. would be like, "Do you want some cake?" All right. So the consensus of the We Can't Wrestle podcast is Goldberg or Ultimate Warrior. We choose death. Okay. <laughs> now that being said, this may or may not be the last one because we've got about twenty minutes left in the broadcast here. So this one is about promotions, gentlemen. This is the first one I brought up about promotions. Do you prefer Mid-South Wrestling or World Class Championship Wrestling? And Aaron, I'm giving you this one first. Uh, go with somebody else first. <laughs> Mark for edit. There we go. All something. right. Archie, World Class Championship Wrestling or Mid-South? <sighs> um, this is... I'm, I'm, I'm going to choose world-class championship wrestling. Uh, I like the Von Erics. I like the Freebirds. Mm-hmm. But I also have to choose choose um, world-class championship wrestling because I've never really watched Mid-South before. Okay. Okay. <laughs> oh, fair, my fair heart enough. just stopped. Fuck me. You, I, I never had a chance to watch it. I let, could watch it now. Let me tell you, Mr. Mitchell, let me tell you something. But, Sir... Other than what, regardless, don't watch modern product wrestling for about four weeks. (laughs) And and, no, I'm serious. I'm serious. Go back on WWE Network and watch everything Mid South you possibly can. Because oh, I'm sure it's great. Because I I do like Southern wrestling. Oh yeah, I think that you would absolutely, especially if you've never seen it. I think you are going to watch that, and you're going to be like, "That's the best wrestling show on TV right now." (laughs) (laughs) It's amazing. Uh, uh uh (laughs) What year is it again? Wait a minute. (laughs) But um, so as far as world class, and, and again, we're we're. 
we're narrowing down the conversation here because you haven't watched them itself. But what did you love about about World Class and the Von, Von Erichs? I the, guess we'll elaborate they, on that. They were allowing the wrestlers to actually make their story, which a lot of wrestlings at that wrestling companies at that time were not. It was basically just come out, cut your promo, go to your match, and walk backstage. With from what I've seen with World Class Championship Wrestling, the Freebirds were. Loved and hated because, of course, they were, you know, from Atlanta and they were in Texas now. And, you know, the Freebirds were allowed to be themselves. Uh, Michael P.S. Hayes, the way he cut a promo on the Texas crowd. Um, and the Von Erichs with that wholesome, we love everything Texas attitude. But then they also were bringing in stars from every company when they had downtime or weren't with a company. So it was kind of like an all-star of wrestling. The original Bullet Club. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> he's he's not wrong. Sorry. I mean I wouldn't I, I wouldn't have thought of it that way, but that was Aaron a dirty joke. <laughs> yeah. Aaron, Aaron actually uh, but, Aaron actually made that that was a terrible joke he did, Archie. He did no, he's right. He did a, no, no, that no, out. He, did a su- he did a suicide joke instead of a <laughs> you know, well yeah, I, I get that. I took it the wrong way though. I thought of it. Sorry, you can edit that out, Nate. <laughs> But my my point of the matter is is that they were allowing things you would like. There was no way WWF and WCW were ever going to do a joint show or NWA and WWF. Mm-hmm. Um, or there was no way that Mid South or WCCW were going to you know go to territories that these other wrestlers were at and be on a show with them. But in World Class Championship Wrestling, you got to see a Ronnie Garvin come through the territory and have a couple of matches. You got to see a junkyard dog pop up every now and then. Or Flair and, and that's Yeah, right, exactly. And it wasn't just Ric Flair. It was the NWA World Heavyweight Champion Ric Flair. And guess what? Kerry Von Erich is about to wrestle him for that belt, but in a ring that's not the NWA. Mm-hmm. So they were doing things that were more revolutionary for the time frame they were in. But then as they got all of their talent pulled away and they were left with, you know, just the family, um, it, it, you know, it got a little bit in dismay and nobody really wanted to see it anymore because other companies were coming in. And I don't want to, I don't want to, uh, um, butt in before it's my turn, but another thing, and you just said revolutionary, um, I don't think anybody can deny, excuse me, that. As far as world class goes, one of the things, and and I I'm gonna spoiler alert. I prefer mid south over world class, but okay. One of the things that mid or that world class got right before even Vince did was the way to record a wrestling television show. Um, right. They nailed down the broadcast. You know the multiple camera angles and and just the way a wrestling show is shot. They really nailed that down. Um, Vince actually stole a lot from their production, you know, their production, uh, values and notes going outside of the ring and doing like, you know, vignettes, yeah. vignettes, like Isaiah Parsons, or, like breaking the ice blocks or just Gino Hernandez, you know, in the convertible or, or, yeah, off or the Bill Mercer going down the water slide, all that shit. That's, that was my point. The way they stole, they told those stories. They didn't have to do that. You know, their, their wrestlers probably would have just gotten over on ability. Well, and the funny thing, think, the funny thing about that, it know. was almost out of necessity because they had such, so much, a, a smaller roster right. than, than other promotions did. 
But then they were also borrowing from other promotions that gave you that pop. You know what I mean? It was like, oh, tonight only we're going to have Ric Flair on the show that people would tune in. It gave them a reason to watch. Wrestling doesn't do that anymore. You get three weeks in advance notice. Oh, The Rock is going to be here on February 22nd. And then if you're busy on February 22nd, you're like, oh, fuck it. I'll DVR it. (laughs) You know? David? David Gold. You already know you already know my answer. I do, but <laughs> let's do it anyway. Everybody knows what David Gold's going to say because there's one person who was the one of the head guys of Mid-South Wrestling and that was Ted DiBiase, right? The guy. Right. That's the only and thing I know about Mid-South. I will say that. I know Ted DiBiase now, was you there. Had, you had such and this is just going off the top of my head. You had such matches as Andre the Giant, Dusty Rhodes and Junkyard Dog. Versus Afa, Tika, Ernie Ladd. That's just one match. Wow. Think of the, those guys I just named, right? DiBiase, Paul Orndorff, Jake the Snake Roberts. Um, I could go on Hacksaw Jim Duggan, uh, Shawn Michaels, uh, Magnum TA, The Midnight Express. Uh, I mean, just the, the Butch Reed, just the names. The Rock and Roll Express was there. Jim Cornette. Dr. Death. Dr. Death. You know, One man I, gang. It, the, you, you had the Blade Runners. You had, I mean, I could just go on and on about the the guys, but I, honestly, P.S. Hayes was there, right? Bam Bam Gordy. Um, just the, just the names and the in ring work and and how Cornette is so old. It's just the old school wrestling. Both of them are great. It's hard to choose, that's for sure. But the in ring work that you got, like this is far none some of the best in-ring work that you have and vince basically like picked and you know took all the talent from mid-south you know so i mean that's my choice all day just from the in-ring perspective um yes there was you know the the other promotion had some stuff that was before its time and so on and so forth they're both amazing you can't really say bad things about either but i'm gonna go at mid-south one of the greatest angles ever in wrestling is Magnum TA and Mr. Wrestling 2. Wow, I didn't even know about that. that oh, oh. It is it is it is the mentor wow. it is the mentor student angle done to perfection. Um Well, Aaron, I know what I'll be doing tonight after we're done with the podcast. <laughs> and when you get a chance, Archie, you need to see also there's a there's a there is a match on there. It's Ted DiBiase and Matt Bourne, and we all know who Matt, what Matt Bourne was doing, right? But Matt Bourne... You mean that's not Evan Bourne's older brother? <laughs> fucking amazing in the ring, and then the, those two face Andre the Giant and Tony Atlas in a tag match. Wow. It's, I mean, it's just, oh, it's just a great match, bar none. And this is when Andre was in way better shape, right? Because this right. is 83. So Andre can move around the ring, and he's doing shit that he didn't do in WWF, you know? So... I mean, it's just, you, you just got to watch it. To, and I, I think your opinion might change a little bit. Oh, it definitely well, will. It definitely will. Well, I mean, it's like I said, my opinion is only based on because I've never watched anything of theirs. I've, you know, everybody who ever got like the World Wrestling Almanac for wrestling would see the notes of who was champion there and who, you know, feuds and things. That's all I could really base my, my knowledge of it on. I knew DiBiase was there, of course. I knew Andre popped in, you know. But I never knew about 
what's going on. So yeah, I have to check it out now, and yeah, my my opinion may change. Now, Aaron, uh, I know your opinion, but our listeners do not. What is better, Mid South or World Class? And that will be how we wrap it up here tonight. Oh, you got to do one more question. No, I don't. But whatever. <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> That's your choice, man. <laughs> the Brotherhood. You got to love it. Mid South. I think Mid South is better. I feel bad and... being left out now. I'm sorry. I just thought. It. I thought world. I, I think world class. I shouldn't say thought. But I think world class over time became kind of a one trick pony, and I'm not as fond of. And I'm not saying they're bad. None of them are bad, but I'm not f- as fond of the Von Erichs as everybody else is. That's just my opinion. I just think, and I think Mid South had better athletes and better wrestlers, and I just, and and I'm not even saying Mid South was my favorite territory promotion, but I just I just think that Mid South was better. All right. Now that being said, we're going to wrap up this edition of the We Can't Wrestle podcast. Um, David Gold, thank you for joining us. The Asylum, the Asylum Facebook group, which I am an admin of and a great, um, a greatly appreciative member of. Um, if you are a collector, if you are a, uh, I mean, if you're just a wrestling fan, come on in, join the Asylum. If you want to see Nate win a dozen raffles in a row, just join <laughs> because he's been on a roll the last couple Fucking weeks. This week, now, if let's you not, are a let's human not, person, let's not talk about <laughs> me. Join. Let's not talk about May, because that'll be bad all around. Uh, that's how it usually goes for me. It's a month of crap, and then I, week, I win like a ton of shit for a week. I don't know how any of these raffles work. Like, Archie, you'll, like, like, you'll tag me in something. I'm like, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> Have I tagged you? I didn't even know. Yeah. I think, like, you know like, what it is? I go to tag Nate, and then I click your name by mistake, and I don't realize I didn't. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just like... I'm just like, Archie wants me to do something, but I don't <laughs> Oh, know. Nate's got all those Fury Unmatched figures coming. That's awesome. Yes. Yeah, that was a big, big yes, raffle sir. Nate hit. You guys are talking Dutch, man. I don't know what you're saying. Well, one day, one day well, I'm going to tag you into the raffle, Aaron. and all I'm going to see in the comments is, fuck you. And that's it. <laughs> like, no, it's like, I don't know what's happening. <laughs> He'll say close it, and then you'll PM him and go, all right, 100 bucks, and I'll go, what yes. did I close? Aaron. <laughs> Aaron. Like, I'll just... Buy the shit of my own money. Aaron. If you don't know what's what? going if you don't know what's going on, let me do what I'm doing here and let David talk about the asylum for a moment. That was Nate's nice way of saying Aaron, shut the fuck up. <laughs> oh, we do that. We understood. Well the asylum is a community of, of brotherhood. Um Archie and Nate are both admins in that group. Uh, I, I like how Nate forgot about that and said he was a member. He's also an no, admin. No, he said he was an admin, though, too. In he the asylum. That. Just want to make sure I threw that on in, in the pot there. But um, it, it's a community, and we happen to do events on the page, and we do a lot of free stuff, and people get a lot of free stuff, right? So, yep. But we look at it more as a community to escape, get away from the, the, the thoughts and the crap that's going on around us. Yes. Um, and just enjoy the hell out of wrestling. And there's a lot of sexy figures. And, and I say sexy. I'm not using that loosely. Um, 
a lot of sexy figures on the page and we do put them up in events and Aaron's point, not everybody knows exactly what an event is. And, um, basically not everyone joins an event. I mean, we have almost 2,400 members now and of those 2,400 members, I'd say maybe 40% of them join our events and that's okay. Yeah. We're not really here to, we do the events because one, we, we enjoy them Two, We want people to win stuff. You can win, you can, and Aaron, how it works is, is we do a number of spots, right? Like let's say it's 50 spots. We do $2 a spot. So the figure's worth $100 or whatever the case may be. Let's say you go and say, I want two spots. Not my spot. What's that? It's not my spot. It's not my spot. Not a liver spot. Not your spot. spot. Not my dog spot. No, not a dog (laughs) spot. It's an event spot. And you you can put in four bucks and win yourself a $100 figure. And and I can attest to David can and Nate can. We have put little or nothing in to some of the biggest things we have in our collection. You know what I mean? So you got a chance of winning a hundred dollar figure for six bucks, and now you're just you know it, it saves you money and it makes you get something you thought you'd never have. Now to the other side of that coin, you don't always win, right? Right. It's a it's a, it's a you're taking a shot. You're taking a oh shot. yeah, I haven't won in a month. So you do lose some money too, but it's fun as so hell. So it's like the drawing of the Legion. <laughs> right. I understand that. <laughs> it's like you got to put it in draw. small town person perspective. <laughs> it's like bingo. So yeah. basically, it's just a community. It's a great place to be. But it's give not away even just of- the, ra- the. It's not even just the events. Not to cut David off, we have guys on there who might be from across the pond in Europe that couldn't get a particular figure or belt or accessory there in Europe. So they may trade with somebody who lives in Newark, New Jersey. And now two guys who barely knew each other made a friendship because they helped each other out. You know what I mean? I want to let everybody, I want to let everybody, I'm not trying to cut you off, Archie, but I want to let everybody know that Archie and David are two very, very, very good friends of mine that I have never met in person because, because of this group, because of these groups. Right. You know, I've never met Archie and I've known him for almost three years, almost three years. And we met because of a figure. He saw something I made, which that was when I was at the beginning of customizing. He's like, I like that. And I'm like, thanks. And the next thing I knew, we were joking and and cracking up and I I needed something. He needed something, whatever we said. David surprised me for my birthday and sent me a, a Macho Man Slim Jim figure and a bunch of Lucy's. And I was like, wow. And the you know to Nate's point, complete stranger, never met him, but we're that close that we send each other birthday, Christmas presents. If we're sick or we don't feel well, it's a it's it's a community because you're making a friendship and a bond with somebody that, even though you've never seen them face to face, you understand what they're going through, what they're doing, and how they and what they might need. So you look out for them. And Archie's being modest. It might have started off a figure, but it really launched when we would lose a lot of events together and just bitch yep. to one another and private yep. messages about how much we lose. <laughs> yep. And then it got even more insane when like he, I would have a figure for sale and I like, all right, I want 25 shit. How about, how about 15? How about 18? How yep. about 19? 19, David, 20. David used to tell me that I haggled like the guy on porn stars. <laughs> you know what I mean? I would, it was, I would always lowball him and I wasn't trying to, I was new to, collecting i didn't know what some certain things were 
And he would always be like, dude, do you have to haggle over $4? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, you best, every fucking time. Best I can every do is three fifty. Best I can do I, is three fifty. Yeah, I, I need, I need, I need 22, 22 ship. David, will you take 18? Really, dude? $4 and then is going to Eventually, I would get pissed and go, fuck it, fine, $18. And he's like, yes. <laughs> but a lot of times, I'd give him exactly what he was asking to, and vice versa. He would do the same with me. So, so. It, it's just a fun place to be. It, it, it's not just about the events. We have them, you know, we run them for other guys and gals for good causes, too. Like, mm-hmm. if someone's struggling really bad or, you know, or for, there was a guy. Or, that, or for Nate, who couldn't do it yeah. if he's to save his life. <laughs> we, ran, we ran a nice Bam Bam, and uh, Magic Man helped us out with that. John Majewski helped us with that. Ran your Bam Bam and your... Uh, what was it? Um, perfect. perfect. And then I ran your graded. Oh, was it a graded? You taker? know. Yeah, that was. Yeah, that graded taker was awesome, Nate. So, I mean, that's the asylum. Get, get your asses in there if you're not. You know, ready. here's the thing. Also, one last thing. We we make these relationships, and then we come to find out about hardships from the people that we make these relationships with. David and I had a very close friend of ours named Rex Backus pass away last year and having never met this man mind you again face to face but talking to him nightly and and speaking with him and seeing what kind of great person he was because of what he did for children's hospitals and homeless people and everybody he was helping when rex passed david and i were both shook so were a lot of other people and because of that friends of ours like rocky turner and the nerd closet started the rex movement to help you know people who needed things and that, again, it goes without saying, you see so much generosity in these groups, like guys who yep. never met anybody. You know, it's a brand new guy. And he's like, hi, I'm new here. And then all of a sudden, three days later, somebody wins a raffle and they're like, hey, send the new guy that thing. I don't and, want it. You know a, what I mean? A perfect testament to that, Archie, is this week in the We Can't Wrestle podcast. I had the contest to give away uh, the free right. stuff. And Leonard Mitchell won the contest. And Yep. When I told him, hey, buddy, you won the contest, he said, so who was the first loser in We Can't Shuffle tonight? Andrew right. Palmer. Send Andrew Palmer my win. I mean, it yep. is the, 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 in the asylum. Ain't nobody sent me shit. <laughs> That's not true. Aaron, what you want, bro? Just That's don't not true. I just sent you a figure last week. <laughs> oh, <laughs> just real too. quick, just to speak on that, um, the funniest going on the Rex thing, one, I have a giant ass poster of Rex on my wall. That's just so do I. How fucking so amazing do I. Rex was. Rocky Turner made that. Yeah, it's amazing. He made one for me too, and, and yep. we called him Sexy Rexy, and you know yep. it was acceptable. How many guys do you call sexy, right? But um, right. Number two, um, just to kind of speak on that a little bit um, on the giveaway portion or what have you, um, you know, Rex was an amazing person, and I, I don't know if you knew him very well, Nate, but. Um, he was he was in a really amazing guy, and you know him and I would sit for hours. I got him hooked on classic jacks. Um, yeah, he, he loved the fuck out of those, and I would order him things like um, just random classic jacks and send it to him. But just to speak on that story, I sent Rex because um, he was um, furloughed or whatever the case may be, right? Because he wasn't doing well, and um, you know I sent him fifty bucks. Because I wanted to be nice, and I thought it was the right thing to do. But Rex wasn't struggling like that. Rex had money. He was very smart with his money. Yes, he was. And he sent me back 50 
and I sent it back to him. And he said, and then he sent me back a hundred dollars, 50 more. And he said, if you send me this money back again, I'm going to come there and kick your ass. Yep. And he was serious. And I kept that hundred dollars. <laughs> yeah. He, Cause he, I he, knew he, no matter, even if he was sick, he could still kick my ass. I'll, I'll never forget the reason he and I got close, David. It wasn't about figures or money or anything like that. He had had an argument with another friend of ours and he left the group chat and 10 minutes later I messaged him and I'm like, you okay? He's like this, that, this, that, this, that. And he's, he's venting. And then all of a sudden he let out and I, I realized, okay, this is not, he's hurt. He's upset. He's like, and why the fuck did of all people you come to check on me? Why aren't any of them checking on me? And I'm like, dude, because I care. And after that, it was like a constant, like by 2 a.m., if I was up, I knew Rex was about to message me just to say what's up and ask how my day was. You know what I mean? Or vice versa, at 1.32 o'clock in the morning, I'd message him. And we'd talk about wrestling because he was a professional wrestler. He worked, you know, at GCW and other companies. We'd talk about wrestling. I'd make a joke that I wanted to manage him. He said, yeah, get me dates in New Jersey, and I'll gladly let you bring me to the ring. <laughs> You know, well, he was going to start my training. I was supposed yeah. to go and fly down and meet him because I was yeah, going to start you know. training to get in the ring, actually, and believe it or not. And he was going to start training me and stuff and getting me on the right track on what I should eat and stuff because he was very good with what he ate. He helped me with my back problems and when they when they first started. He was trying to help me out and tell me what to take and do. And yeah. uh, I, I, like I said, when we lost him, it, it was like losing a brother, even though we never met him though we were not face-to-face with him at any point in time, the whole wrestling community went, wow, that really hurt. That was not oh, yeah. something we were prepared for. And the funny thing is, is that day that I found out, at 9 in the morning, I messaged him, hey, buddy, how you feeling? Because he was doing bad. And then about four thirty-five o'clock in the afternoon, I got word that he passed, and I went, Jesus Christ, that was my last message to him. Hey, buddy, how are you doing? You know what I mean? And it, it, it's just a, a, a pure testament of what this is. It's not toys. It's not raffles. It's, it's a bunch not. of guys and girls, believe it or not. It's there not. are women in these groups. It's, it's not <laughs> hanging out. It's not toys. It's not raffles. It's not podcasts. It's community. Right. It's communities. It's communities. We were. This is social distancing at its finest. It's a bunch of people around the world talking to each other over the phone, on live stream, on podcasts. And cracking up because, well, we have no one else right now, so <laughs> might as well have somebody. Uh, we were already know? social distancing. What you talking about? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you got, you got <laughs> damn right. What I'm saying. Ain't nobody wanting to be around me. <laughs> the best story I have, though, I'm Nate, absolutely when it comes terrible to, in person. <laughs> when it comes to me preferring the wrestling group friends that I have, as opposed to friends or family that I have sometimes, mm-hmm. WrestleMania last year, I was meeting up with guys from other groups and we were all gonna you know tailgate and meet up for a couple of days beforehand and do things my brother's like hey do you want to go to tna they're having that impact pay-per-view in roadway i'm like no i'm going to meet up with guys from from the wrestling group why don't you come with me and my own brother literally told me you're a sellout f you and hung up and we didn't talk for a week Jesus. and i went to mania with the rest with my group friends as opposed to my brother who was supposed to go with me he went with somebody else and I went, wow, that, that, should, that should show me that maybe certain people care about me more than my own flesh and blood. That would, you know, never, in, in the, that would never happen to me because I have to, I have to, I don't know. You have to drive. <laughs> I have to drive. 
Speaking of that, speaking of that, we were at the. Um, <laughs> I don't know if, if Aaron knows, but we actually, you know, Nick and myself were were lucky enough to go spend some time with a couple group members, and we got to um, do a table with uh, Hacksaw and Buff. And <clears throat> Buff's like, "Y'all are going to take me out to the ring tonight. I'm going to do an independent show." We're like, "Yeah, that was cool. Expect that." And that that was cool. He told us what to do. You know, we did, the, and the fans were cheering. We were surprised. They didn't know who the fuck we were, but we were doing the NWO sign, all that stuff. And me and Nick are outside the ring, finally, when it's time to start leaving. This guy comes up and goes, hey, y'all are Nick and Dave from the asylum. <laughs> and we're like, what the fuck? Like, well, you know, How do you know, know us? He didn't even know the guy. And it's like, he's like, oh, yeah, I'm in the asylum. I'm in that group. And we're like, we're fucking famous, man. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, it's just, I mean, it's not just that it's- group, it's a it's in a community of groups. It's, and of it's an boxes. ego boost. Sometimes you realize you 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 realize that you maybe you're not insignificant. Sometimes you know it's it's a good so. feeling. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But I mean, there's a lot of groups out there. You know, the we can't wrestle group, the the nerd closet, your new custom group. Um, yep. There, I mean, it's all connected, and and that's how we kind of ch- we want to look at it as. And we know there are other groups out there that basically want to compete and have all this competition and don't really care to. To, to mingle or be friends with one another, but that's not what we want in our group nope. in the asylum or in y'all's groups or any groups that we're close with. We want to all help one another and, and do for one another yep. and, and show the love and support that we if have. If one and, grows, everybody has to grow because if one, if only one is growing, then everybody else looks at, looks yep. weird. Like, why is that? Why is that one group showing more? I told my, you know? I told my wife the other day, I said, it is, it is very cool to me how many common members the Asylum, um, World Championship Customs, and We Can't Wrestle have. It's, it's, right. I, I love it. It's a community. I absolutely love it. I think it's, I think it's, I think we are building something that is amazing. And, um, Archie, David, Aaron, everybody involved in all of the groups and podcasts. Uh, damn. Now if we can all just get fucking rich with it too, right? No. <laughs> well, there's a way. At the end of the day, like, why do, why do people want to argue with each other and be like, oh, you know, it's like none of us are fucking making money off of Like, I mean, some right. of us might be making money, but none of us are like, you know, paying off our cars. Man. Right, yeah, we we ain't the million dollar fink, you know. We ain't <laughs> right. losing our, we, right. we ain't paying off our cars and shit. We half certainly ain't Zack Ryder. <laughs> yeah, half oh, of us. Oh, I knew that was coming. More than half of us probably ain't even wearing pants. You know I have I mean? shorts on. I have shorts. No, on. I'm not wearing pants. I'm not wearing <laughs> you lot. never wear pants. You, just, you were I on Pornhub before you got on. Here. <laughs> right. I have, I have That's to why pee. I was so shocked when Nate called. I had to put it away. It was like, hello. Oh. <laughs> What's up? I'm up. <laughs> Por- Pornhub is like Netflix right now. David, are you still there? <laughs> Do you want to continue watching? <laughs> and and I got Disney Plus up in the other tab just in case, like, you know, if someone wants to visit, like, I it out. Look, I was watching Disney Plus, I swear. Yeah, but wait a minute. Pantsless and no, I don't think that's a good thing to be watching I when mean, you're pantsless. When Milana yeah. grew up, I'm just saying. It's like, are you still watching Wither- <laughs> Wizards of Waverly? <laughs> <Wizards of Wizards. laughs> <laughs> Okay, so hold on, hold on, hold on. Big, big reveal, big reveal. 
I am gonna. I am gonna. <laughs> I am gonna name. I am gonna name this episode. Episode ninety four. Are you still watching the Wizards of Waverly Place? <laughs> Oh lord! Oh god! Oh my god! Okay, I'm just glad that's the thing that popped fucking Archie. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck! I'm out of emails again. <laughs> <laughs> well, join the contest, buddy. <laughs> yeah. Nate, let me borrow your email, bro. <laughs> You're like, I'm unsure what I'm gonna get in my spam box now. <laughs> no, Nate is, Nate is like, I used all my emails too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think Spambox is the title of one of the... (laughs) Hey, I can't help that I'm the king of social distancing. I'm just saying. (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) Are you still watching? Was this a Waverly Place? (laughs) I'm never going to look at that show the same again. Nope. I don't think any of us are. (laughs) Aaron just changed me for life. (laughs) All right, oh, as, as as the executive producer of this show, it is my my job to reel this shit in. <laughs> David, we elaborated oh. on the asylum, Archie, real quick about World Championship Customs, sir. It's a growing community. In the last four weeks, we've added almost five hundred members. We have a bunch of incredible customizers such awesome. as CJ Anderson, Scott Burnett, Daniel Ariola, and a bunch of up and comers as well. Uh, who are just getting into it. Um, and the fun thing about it is you got guys asking, like, what paint do you use or what head should I use for this? And people are there to help, um, you know, and, and actually give them tricks of the trade as opposed to a guy being like, I ain't helping this guy. I, I want to do my thing. You know, everybody's willing to be helpful. Um, and like David said, like Nick, like Nate said, it's everybody's growing together. Um, it, it, WCC, Nerd Closet, and the Asylum, and We Can't Wrestle podcast are all, all working hand in hand so that we can all have a community where these people will feel like, oh, well, I'm going to get scammed for this, or I'm going to get, you know, it, they're not going to feel that way. They're going to feel like I belong here. So, absolutely. And just a, one more quick shout out to my admin team that brought me on to WCC, Nick Lowe. Rocky Turner, Bobby Anders, and Josh Blevins. Uh, one of the best teams I've ever worked with before. It's just five guys having fun all day long and then going, okay, what are we doing next? And Rocky is sending me four really cool fucking posters this week. So. Yeah, you won those yesterday. Yes, uh, I you, did. You, it's the Nate Maxson Tour 2020. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so here's my thing, people. I had David I had David Gold to speak. Listen, on this show I had David Gold to speak for the attributes of the asylum. I had the ever so eloquent Archie Mitchell to speak for the attributes of um uh, everywhere championship customs and everywhere he is a member of a board member there. So what I'm left with is my brother. Oh god damn. <laughs> Ain't not going to be eloquent. To speak eloquently about the attributes of the We Can't Wrestle. But, well, you're listening to the show, but we're, we want you to join the group. So, Aaron, you actually, for the first time ever, not me, get to end the We Can't Wrestle podcast. Oh, no. And oh, tell, no. tell our listeners about our group and why it is so fucking great. Well, 
the main reason it's fucking great is because I'm part of it. Um, but other than that, like, what you guys need to do is you need to be. See, I, see, I don't want to talk about it. The, the it's hard to put into words how awesome the We Can't Wrestle podcast and the We Can't Wrestle podcast Facebook group is, and uh, more people need to contribute to it and talk about it and be on it. Because it doesn't just seem to be about wrestling. You guys can post whatever you want on there. We're not going to say, oh, I mean, don't post porn. But, you know, whatever you Damn want. Damn it. I'm <laughs> David, I'm deleting your post right now. Don't worry about it. Okay. But, see, I'm not an eloquent person, Nate. I'm not a salesman. Keep speaking the way you were. You're perfect. What, basically, it's, it's a, a group where you guys can feel free to say whatever you want. You're not going to be judged. You're not going to have somebody tell you, oh, you're stupid or you're wrong or whatever. People, I, know, I know I said it was just you, but I'm going to butt in. Thank you, because I'm not good at this. In our group, you can say, post, and express any opinion you absolutely want to. Unless it is racist, bigoted, that is it. Other than that, well, I'm, yeah, not, I'm not going to delete anything. You. If you're a racist uh, yeah, piece of shit, you'll be blocked. please leave. But other than that... I didn't even think that needed to be said when I does. said post whatever you want. It does. So I can post pictures of me reading the, the Playboy magazines from the 90s? Yes. Just, uh, okay. yeah, just scrub, out, scrub out the nipples and I think it'll, it'll be okay. You know why I hated Playboys? They had too many damn articles. <laughs> <laughs> David's, no. David's like, I don't want to read an interview with Ralph Nader. No, I just want just to I want to be a masturbator. <laughs> <laughs> just That's to chime not- in, because I've been a member of the We Can't Wrestle podcast group for quite some time. I only just became an admin like two weeks ago. Um, but um, Damn, you're to, everywhere. Everywhere. I, I said Little earlier speed. in the show, David, before you joined us, I said uh, Archie's on more board of directors than <laughs> Bill Gates. Well, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll phrase it this way, and then everybody can say what they want to say. The We Can't Wrestle podcast does not discriminate. It doesn't care who you are, where you're from, what you do, your social income, your social standings. Just come in, be a decent person, have a great opinion, and don't be a dick. And Aaron won't make and fun of welcome. you that much. And I and and I will make fun of you, and you can make fun of me as much as you want. <laughs> dish it so, out as good as we dish it out, and you're perfectly fine. And, and the best thing about it is the fact that I will put up random fucking episodes of wrestling, and y'all can watch along. Right. Which not enough people are doing yet. I don't know why. We'll get it there. Well, we need some people watching fucking wrestling. But to Aaron's point, to put it in more layman's terms, there may be somebody named Karen in our group, but there aren't any Karens in our group. No one's going to pick on you just because you offended their beliefs for that 24-hour period of time. Um, As long as you're a decent person, you're more than welcome to do whatever you'd like in the group. Um, And on a side note, Aaron is still watching Wizards of Waverly Place. (laughs) 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 i didn't at the time but selena gomez grew up into a nice looking woman just saying 
that was rough. I think that might need to be edited out, but I, who am she, I to she say? She grew up right. She grew up right. <laughs>